are listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. So, hello and welcome to episode 29 of Three Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Harry and Neil. And Hugh McFall. And we're going to discuss the, the year in cinema that is 2017. As you can probably tell, we're doing this via Skype this time, so there may be a little bit more muddled than it normally is, because we can't actually see each other. And we don't actually know who's going to be talking at any point, so it could get a little bit noisy. Um, Colin, who is normally on the podcast, may be around at some point when he's not trying to deal with, I think, his children in the background. It could be a torture chamber, we're not entirely sure. Um, <laughs> well, are we drinking anything? Like, uh, I know Barry's not drinking anything because he's obviously working tonight. Um, oh. uh, Stu, are you drinking anything this now? I'm on the uh, Punk IPA. Nice, so nice one. At least somebody's drinking it. I'm not drinking it. I'm still suffering a hangover from about two days ago. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a very old man. It takes two days to go for a hangover. Correct. But <laughs> what I did ask everyone to do, everyone who's been involved in three beers, was about eight people who've been on mic over the past six months. They contribute their, their top ten films um, for this year. Everyone, if you your film you put number one got 10 points, number two got nine points, and so on and so forth. And from that, we amalgamated our top 10 according to all of us. Okay, so we're going to go through the top 10. Like I said, these don't all appear on everyone's list, but they do appear on most people's list. Okay, yep. so number 10, surprising to me, because I didn't think everybody liked it quite as much as I thought everyone did, but number 10 was it. Yeah, yeah I, think, I didn't have it on my list. Stu, you did not have it in your list, I don't think. No, oh, no. Barry, you had it in yours, didn't you? Yeah, I had it in it. Uh, it was number 8, but due to some technicalities, I've now changed it to number 7. Okay, but it's counted as number 8 right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think, I think, oh, I think um, Andy had it as well. I think also my friend Chris had it, and also Top Colin had it. So it was, it was one of those films that didn't ever appear in anyone's top five, I don't think, but it got enough points just by like, sort of hanging around the bottom of those top tens um, to, to get on the list. Um, I thought, did you see it, Stu? I don't know if you had a chance to see it, did you? Yeah, man, I, I did, um, and uh, it, much the same as yourself, I've never seen the cinema packed as much yeah. as it was yeah for it i i enjoyed it um i like the 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 kids were really good there was that was the what worked in the film i don't think the horror element particularly worked i thought there was too much pennywise but i enjoyed it i enjoyed it it was decent yeah, Barry, you enjoyed it a lot didn't you what you were a big fan of it yeah i enjoyed it quite a lot um yeah it was like one of the first movies that i'd actually noticed it in our kind of local wee cinema where there was a like a legit queue to get in to see it and that's like the first time I've ever like witnessed that and then it was just people going crazy actually in the cinema so but that could have been because it was like a rated 15 so you know it was capturing that yeah younger audience yeah no it did genuinely feel like a proper like almost blockbuster like something we've not had for like a while almost like you know like you said people were actually genuinely queuing around the street yeah see this thing um which I've not seen for a long time you know apart from maybe Star Wars that's pretty yeah. much the only film I've ever seen where not only is like one screening, like say like the, the prime time, you know, five, six, seven o'clock screening sold out, but you're talking like the ten o'clock screening, the eleven o'clock screening, like every screening on the hour was absolutely sold out. So it, I mean, it done huge, like seven hundred million worldwide is a massive haul for a for a horror film. Um, I'm a bit like you. I wasn't really overly keen on it. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I thought the kids were awesome, but I thought the horror lacked a big bit. I thought there was a real lack of horror in the whole film. Yeah. Yeah. You go first. Uh, yeah, predictable scares. I thought quite. Um, you know they used the jump scene far too much it was a bit cliche at times yeah I thought Um, but like I say I think the kids were excellent Um, it was kind of trading off that Stranger Things vibe that kind of 80s nostalgia thing even though um, yeah we've got Finn Wolfhard in there as well so it's kind of it's it's enjoying that kind of resurgence but yeah I don't think the horror really worked 
No, I think it's, it's going to go down as the biggest horror of all time right now. But it's, I think it's like it's. Is it's, that right? Wow. Yeah, but, yeah. I um, I'm not unbreakable. Six cents was about six hundred and fifty million. Uh-huh. Um, so it's beaten, um, beaten that by a, a fair whack. So um, yeah, it, it will go down now in history as a, until something else beats it. Until it too probably beats it um, as yeah. the biggest horror of all time. Nice. Yeah, uh, Barry. Any other, you're you're kind of like your man who who enjoyed it. So many other words of why you liked it a lot. Uh, Probably because it was only rated a 15 and it wasn't actually that scary. (laughs) I am a big scaredy cat. Anyone that knows me knows I do not enjoy a horror movie whatsoever. So it was, yeah, it was was really cat tame and it shows it. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with with part two, if it's going to have the same kind of vibe or if they're going to ramp it up a bit more. Even on the, the original one, the first part is way better than the second part in the first yeah, one. And like exactly. The, yeah, like, like infinitely better. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah, but that, that was number 10. So that was number 10 on the, the three beers top 10. Number nine, which I don't think you guys have seen this one, it's called The Florida Project. No. I haven't seen that, no. I really it's want to. wonderful film. Um, I didn't put it on my list, but it's just because I couldn't fit it on my list. But um, it got high marks from um, uh, Colin and Lorraine and actually what bumped into the number nine position. It's a it's a lovely film, really, about kind of about nothing but everything. Um, very much falls in the, the line of something like a boyhood or um, uh, if I think Tangerine, if you've seen Tangerine. Yeah, yeah. Just falls yeah. two kids try to, try to live in Florida, like in the shadow of Disneyland, but living in abject poverty. Um, it's got the four in it who will probably pick up at least a supporting actor nod, if not the actual Oscar itself for it, because it's, it's a role you see him actually act and not just doing the rubbery face thing. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, it's just like, well, we do all forget him. Like, Wayne Defoe is a great actor. Like, he's oh, a, yeah. He's a fantastic actor, he just doesn't get enough chance to show up because he's got a face that looks like the Disney. <laughs> My uh, uncle looks uh, like um, Villain Defoe, on a random note. He looks exactly yeah. like him. It's unsettling. Yeah, very so. Un- I mean, that would be very unsettling if you're someone who looks like him before. Um, but like I said, it's one of those films. It's going to appear on Netflix probably pretty soon. I would say check out the get a chance. It's one of those films you watch once. You go that it will have an, an impact on you, like you know, cool. like a social realism thing that you know something like I am Daniel Blake last year did. Or that's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, Excellent. stuff like that. When it, you, you watch it and you're still thinking about it a few days later. Going, I can't believe there's something that like that happens in the world and I didn't know about it until a film showed me it. Well. Um, so I got it number nine, number eight. The first, yeah, the first comic book one, which was Spider-Man: Homecoming. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it at all. Yeah, it was basically three people who liked it really liked it, and so it was really high on their list. Um, I enjoyed it. It's a it's a perfectly fine Spider-Man movie. It. It's not as good as Spider-Man 2. It's not as good as Spider-Man 1, I don't think. But it is better than Spider-Man 3 and it's better than Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. It's it's nice. It's fun. It feels like a teen movie. It's a teen Spider-Man. But again, done massive business. Um, but again, who directed it? Who directed it? Who was it? It's a guy, I think, who did. Let me check for you. It's He done something small beforehand like he sort of went from again he went from something really indie yeah. to something really big and, I, and you know we've seen a few guys doing that recently in that the jump Colin Trevero style or whatever his name is uh, it's a guy called John Watts who directed a film called Cop Car about two years ago which was a really good Kevin Bacon movie really kind of low budget Kevin Bacon movie okay but two kids who steal a cop car and he's like a corrupt cop trying to get the car back or something and the car doesn't want to get discovered sounds cool it's, yeah it's a really good film I mean it, to go from that to jump up to Spider-Man Homecoming is, you know it's going from like, I think cop car had a budget under under 2 million wow into Spider-Man Homecoming which is you know at least 150 maybe 180 odd million dollars you know yeah. it's a massive jump up and you do feel maybe it's I think a stretch too far from you you can, feel, you can see a lot of studio um, fingerprints oh on really it. Yeah, but again, you've seen that in all these kind of big budget films, and also it did what a lot of films do, which is it, it 
ruined a lot in the trailer. Yeah, the trailer was amazing. Yeah, but it put so much in it. Like, it was, like if you went in that yeah. film not knowing that Iron Man was in it, you would enjoy it infinitely more. Uh, yeah, you know that kind of stuff. So they've done that, but again, everybody seemed to like it. Could have done again, absolutely huge business. So um, and it does hit all. It is, it is a good popcorn movie. You know, it's one of those films, but it's like you go to the cinema for two hours. You want to sit and watch a film with like mum, dad, and the kids. It's totally going to hit all that. Um, like hit that market. Could it just? It does. You know, is, um, is Tom Holland the best Spider-Man? Tough, because I, I really like Maguire as Spider-Man. I like, I like Maguire. Yeah, the not as Peter Parker. No, 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 right, no, reverse that. I like. Peter Parker, Maguire Parker, but not as Spider-Man. Yeah, because yeah, he's Gar- got that openness down to a T. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Gar- Garfield, I liked as Spider-Man, but not as Peter Parker. He was, he was far Garfield, too Garfield's too cool. Yeah, yeah he's too hot. You know, he looks like he's, he's too, get- hot. He's too hot. Exactly. He, he can get laid. Peter Parker does not get laid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't think you know, Andrew Garfield was struggling. Um, so probably what's good about um, who's it? Tom Holland again? Sorry, yeah, he's playing it. He's um, he's the right age. Yes. So it, it feels like a kid playing it, whereas. Garfield was young when he started playing, but he was still in his mid twenties, I think, when he started playing that role. Yeah, you know? there's, a, there's a Dawson's Creek vibe going on. By yeah, the end. yeah. Everyone's, <laughs> like, everyone's slightly too old. Than, than what yeah, yeah. I, I will watch it. I'm just yeah, watch it. It's, like, it's yeah. a lot of fun, and it is one of the films maybe you should be seen in the big screen because it does have a lot of stuff in it. It's really cool. Got nice with John Hughes vibe all the way through it as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I liked it, but it would not. It was nowhere near to my um, my top ten. It's not Raimi, is it? Ultimately, it's not Raimi. No, nah, it's not Raimi. Um, yeah. And even in terms of like comic book films this year, not even in my top three or four comic book films this year, to be fair. Wow, yeah. Um, number seven is a film discussed at length last week, um, which is obviously Ferdinand, um, uh, because that's always a big film that came out last year, but no, kidding, it's actually Star Wars The Last Jedi. So everyone who likes Star Wars Last Jedi is <laughs> up very, very high. <laughs> um, so basically, you can blame Paul and Chris and Andy for this one. They love this one. <laughs> That's um, it's the biggest disappointment of the year for me, which I, I know. Yeah, what's on that as well? Yeah, uh, I, it was flat. It was flat for me. I, I, I found it a bit lifeless. Um, yeah. I could see what Rian Johnson's trying to do, and he's a he's a director I really love. Um, I love Brick. Um, I even enjoyed Brothers Bloom, which was a bit unfairly maligned. And yeah. Looper is a masterpiece. Yeah, um, I watched that last night. Really yeah, well. yeah, yeah. It still stands up, doesn't it? But back up immensely well. Yeah. I, to be fair to him, I can see what he's trying to do. He's trying to tear up the rule book. Because yep. J.J. Abrams has given us what we needed. He mm. gave us, essentially, a Star Wars greatest hits in The Force yep. Awakens, um, but with absolutely no surprises whatsoever. Yep. So, Rian Johnson's come in, and he's been hired purely because of his edginess, I suppose. And yep. uh, he's come in and tried to shake up the rule book. That doesn't bother me, actually. Um, no, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I just, I just found it a bit boring. Like the first yeah. hour, I found it a real slog, a real yeah, slog, yeah. and then it picks up. And then it dips again. I, I'm not a Star Wars fanboy, so no. I think I could. There's maybe a bit of an arrogance to this, but I think I can probably be a bit more objective. Yeah, um, I, I wanted it to be great. I just think it was only okay. Yeah, but you're not a Star Wars fanboy, but you actually enjoyed it a lot more. I think me and Stu did, from what we remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. That's the. It's as we all know. It's it's the middle of a road film so yeah. I think we're going to have to unfortunately wait for the third part and then maybe revisit it to get a better like uh, overarching feel of it that's um, a good point yeah but, no, there was a couple of good set pieces um, like uh, the evil lair with the like, uh, creepy old guy sitting in the throne I was kind of sitting there going like why does this guy get fucking a bunch of red uh, fellas standing behind him with a nice red background I mean like who's, who actually has an evil lair like this <laughs> 
Was it anywhere near your top 10 list at all? Uh, no, it wasn't even in my top 10. Yeah, so it must uh, be, was it even close to you consider it for your top 10? No, I didn't even consider it. There was a, in my opinion, there was just a lot better movies. For me, anyway, I just found there was a lot better movies uh, yeah. this year. I agree, mate. I agree. Yeah, it seems like one of those films that's nostalgic put it in there as well. People want yeah. to love it again. People yes. People, People demand to love it and they feel like it. if it's not, as long as it's not one of the prequels, they're going to love it anyway. Number six, a film that I've seen, Stu's seen, Barry, you have not seen, despite me going on about it at length. Um, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not, and I'm annoyed it's not even the top five, because it should be the top two, uh, is Paddington oh. 2. Oh, that should uh, be high. That, that should, should be, be higher. What, the thing is, what's above it, I can't really fault what's above it, but I still think it should be higher, because uh, yeah. Paddington 2 is just a 90 minute bottle of wonderfulness. Yeah. It's one of them where it takes a real special kind of filmmaking to resonate with every age group yep. uh, and not be... I watch a lot of kids' films. Jim yeah. is exactly the same uh, with the little ones. And a lot of them are just tedious dross. Yeah. Paddington 2 is... If it's already got the feel of a classic family film and you yep. come away just feeling like you've just been hugged for an hour and a half. Plus, yep. it's relentless. It, it's, there's so much happening. And it's it's really lean. Like There's no uh-huh. reason whatsoever. So good. So yeah, there's not, there's not really many wasted. In fact, there's no wasted scenes in that in that entire. Yeah. Film. You know, every scene is useful. Every scene has got a purpose to it. Um, and like you said, it's one of those films you can imagine in like 20 years' time, people will still be watching that film on like sort of Christmas week. You know, with the kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. From what you've been saying and everyone else saying, I think it's going to be definitely like a uh, years to come Christmas uh, Christmas classic that will be on the telly all the time. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. it's like, that's not even set at Christmas, is it? No, no. no. But it just feels it's like fun. a Christmas. Classic. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. The first one's set at Christmas, but the second one's not. But they both do feel like the kind of film you would watch at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, Cap, I think, I think it's also doing relatively good business in America as well, which I think is quite nice to know. That's good. Yeah. Um, so hopefully they get. I mean, I don't know where you go for a third one of it, but I think you should have a third one of it because I think it deserves to have another option. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. And as long as they keep the story nice and small. Then I think yeah. I think you'll be all right. It's, it's made ninety five point four million, which is which is a lot of money for that kind of film. Um, it cost. I'm trying to think what, what, what roughly what it cost. There's no real numbers on what it cost. I'm going to get maybe around about maybe twenty, twenty five uh, at most. You know, it's, a, it's still a British film. I think Canal Plus were involved with it as well, but still they're not going to put. You know, they're, they're, they're not going to make a hundred million dollar film. Yeah. They're, going to, they're going to keep the budget quite lean. Um, so if it makes a hundred, it, it, it can maybe break the hundred and fifty million barrier eventually once it goes like worldwide. I think maybe Australia might get behind it. You know that old kind of old British. You know, the Empire, party. the Commonwealth. Commonwealth <laughs> Empire, maybe Canada might hit it quite big as well. If it can make it make 150 million, I think that would guarantee it a, a nice sequel. And it's again, I think one of those films that can make money on DVD. DVD, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People streaming it and things like that. I don't know how much that goes towards a film getting more of a sequel, but, but yeah. So that's number six. Um, number five, I'm sure you had this in your list. You hang on, this one, I definitely this one on my list is a uh, Get Out. Oh yeah, it was it was my number one. If you're number one, yeah. Um, Barry, do you have this on your list? Did you see this film? No, I haven't seen it, and oh. I have no idea what it's about. Get out, the less you know about Get Out, the better. Okay. Yeah, it's just knows a horror that's set sort of in a, in the South with sort of maybe racial tensions. That's pretty much the, the closest to what much I want to tell you about it. Because um, it goes in directions you don't really expect the film to go in. Um, it feels like I want, it feels like a really good, like, as good as Black Mirror is. It's like, it's like a brilliant Black Mirror episode. Oh, it's nice. Perfect description, actually. That's a yeah, it's been done for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, that this film blew me away. It was my number one, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that and Paddington aren't higher, but it's. I, I just think it was so refreshing. Uh, it feels like a film that's important as well with the political climate that we're in at the moment. It's uh, Jordan Peele summed up in a really succinct manner when he said it's 
um, racism as horror, which I yeah. think is a perfect way of describing it. Yeah, it's, it's horrific racism. It just makes it even more horrific somehow. He's, he's, I've never really seen a film that balanced genres so well because it's proper belly laugh funny as well. Yeah. Because so, obviously his his background is comedy. Uh-huh. So um, it's it's got a real nice mix between poking fun at it, but then also uh, making it hard hitting. Um, so And also, more than anything, take away the importance of the film and what it has to say. It's just damn entertaining and you yeah. don't know where it's going at all. Like, you can't guess it. I did, I, well, I couldn't anyway. And yeah. I'm normally one who ends up ruining films for myself by guessing halfway through. But I just didn't know where it was going at all. So I found it a real invigorating watch. I loved it. Yeah, because I went into it with only seen the trailer once or twice maybe and only hearing it is very, very good. So I didn't actually know much about it. So I think, like I said to you, Barry, the, the less you know about this film, the absolute best. Nice one. Um, yeah. Number four on the list is the Disaster Artist. Love it, love that film. Yeah, it's again. By the way, you've seen this one as well. It's an absolute cracker. It's basically the making of the room. I think you've seen. I think you've seen the room, haven't you? Though, yeah. Yeah, I've seen the room. Yeah. Yeah, um, and just like the, all the shit that went on behind the scenes of it. It's just. A, it's again. It's a really smart comedy. That's kind of not a comedy, but is a comedy. Um, but has a real kind of pathos to it all the way through. Because you're not really sure if you're, la- if you're are you laughing at the guy or you're laughing yeah. with the guy. It's, it's, it's never real- quite sure. Yeah, never quite sure. Yeah. Uh, I sense yeah. I get a sense of laughing with him, not at him. I think so, yeah. For the most part. But there's a few moments you go and I think they're taking the, like when they're talking about certain things in the film you feel like they are taking the rip out of them a little bit and they're doing it for, they don't actually have that many cheap laughs in the film. No, no, I don't think they do really. No. They don't they, go they, for they could have they could have gone more down that route. Maybe when they were younger, that, that band of kind of apatos, um, acolytes, they could have gone down a route, made it more crass and more mean spirited. But I, I actually think there's a real warmth to the film and, and uh, he's very childlike you know he, the way he would, he's not a perfect person at all the way he would act out and his friendship with Greg he's it's all consuming that friendship for him it's it's a real childlike obsession mm. um, so they're not they are they're not completely unflinching I wouldn't say but the, the main thing is it does it keeps you laughing all the way through but it is a real step up for all of them, all of the people involved in terms of the comedy they've been churning out over the, the last 10 years or so, 15 yeah. years probably, likes of Knocked Up and 30 Year Virgin and all those kind of films, uh, Pineapple Express. It's a real step up in, in filmmaking. It's a, it's a proper film. It's probably the first yeah. one you say with an actual narrative and a real beating heart behind it. And you're rooting for them all the way through. And yeah. it's vastly superior to The Room as well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Um, and mainly, the best thing about it is that Tommy Wiseau surely will be at the Oscars now, which is that'd be, that's a, that's a genius thing about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, when you say, well, I think like all, like Rogan almost tried to step up with the interview. Yeah, yeah, I think he did try, and, and to but an extent, I think he maybe they, they almost bottled it a little bit. They sort of went, "Oh, we can't yeah. go with what they can we just need to just, we need to rein it back to make it stupid again, so people will get behind yeah, it a little bit." You had to yeah, almost, yeah. The first hour of that film is really bold, and then it just. It dwindles away into nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right there. Definitely. Yeah. They, they obviously they've got this in them to try and do so, and obviously Rogan's doing other stuff. Like he's doing the preacher um, TV show as well. Yeah. He's directing that, and he's obviously doing the boys coming out soon as well. So he has, he obviously has got a talent of, as a filmmaker. He wants to try and do other things. Same with obviously um, Franco, who directed a ton of stuff. Obviously, they do have talent as filmmakers. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, in fair play to Franco as well, because he's gone to be, to be Wizzo, to act like Wizzo, you must become Wizzo. So he has he's directed it, co wrote it, starred in it. He has done a Wizzo with this, which is amazing. Um you, you wonder if and, in 
you think maybe like you know they had that documentary out recently with Jim not Jim Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey yes like we'll, we'll have a documentary in 15 years time of like with, of you know Franco yeah. meta with, with this character that's interesting I hope so I wonder if Tommy was on set at any stage I think, it was, I I think the, it was yeah the two of them were on set the, the Tommy and the, the boy Greg yeah they're both on it's based on his book uh, the Greg yeah. yeah based on his book that's uh, uh, he's such an enigmatic figure isn't he the, the mystique yeah. over where his money came from I mean pro- must be drugs or <laughs> I mean yeah, the only, only option really is drugs isn't it <laughs> money laundering or something yeah. it doesn't seem smart enough for any of these things no and like that's when you say at one point he, he comes from some rich European family that almost makes more sense that he yes. comes from some like oligarch family yeah uh, but yes yeah, so that, that was number four Disaster Artist was number four I number yeah, number three was my favourite comic book film of the year um, it's not the highest comic book film unfortunately but it's my favourite one of the year which was Logan mm. yeah amazing yeah but you've seen Logan haven't you yeah yeah it was uh, my number eight yeah who's a good movie I think it's a fantastic film I think Fantastic, yeah, I agree. It was so violent, so very violent, yeah. but also it gave me all the feels. I cried about three times in Logan. It was outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I, was, I was talking to you about this all day. I, said, I don't know how much of Logan is brilliant and how much of it. Like we all know, this is the end. Yeah, maybe. If yeah. you watch Logan in a vacuum, like yeah. we've not watched Jackman be this character for twenty odd years, we've not seen with him. no context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a standalone film. Would we care? Yeah, we care quite much because in this one, we all know that he's last out, and as we all know where this came from, we all know he's, he's had this urge to do this film because of the two kind of, kind of failures. Yeah. Not failures, but you know, less good Wolverine standalones. Yeah, um, beyond that, I still think it's a cracking film. I think it's a brilliant film. Um, it's so well shot. It's so stark. It's it's the antithesis of everything we expect from a comic book film. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't. You, it strips out at any kind of superpower. Occasionally, it flocks up, but it's a genius move, really, with Patrick Stewart as well, and him with the dementia um, oh. and having no control over his powers. There's a real kind of there's a sense of hopelessness in it, which it, it actually makes them more human and more relatable. So that yeah. that gives it a real heart. And yeah. I think if it was any other genre, Patrick Stewart would be nominated for an Oscar for his performance. The performances are great all around. The kid's amazing. Hugh Jackman's always amazing as Wolverine, mm. but. Patrick Stewart should be nominated for a Best Sporting um, Oscar, but he won't because of the genre, which is annoying. But it's yeah. a stunning performance. Yeah, because like, like, you know, this is what the tenth time he's done this character, something like that. You know, it's like yeah, but to find new new shades to that yeah. character. Oh yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, ten runs at it. You know, you think, even think people who've done that, who, who's played the same guy for ten films, like almost no one. No, no, it's a good point. Yeah, to find, to, to find that level to try and do something different with it even after all this time that to me that's really impressive absolutely uh, Barry you a big fan of it as well yeah I enjoyed it uh, I thought it it was just uh, it was just something so good about it and I don't know if there's any chat yet of them continuing on like the kind of legacy of uh, Logan with the wee girl or not I don't really know but there has been chat oh fantastic uh, no I just enjoyed it I just uh, I just can't get away with just how violent it was for being a comic book movie like, yeah they, it was like, so violent didn't, was, yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't edit away from like the girl jumping literally into the camera with someone's face as yeah. like stabbing <laughs> into someone's face you know it's, you're like okay this is a comic book movie I'm liking where this is going yeah, but even in the opening scene of Logan like when you see Wolverine for the first time he'd taken someone's arm off yeah. you know so it's like they didn't pull a punch they knew exactly you know they put intent out there early going like, this is not your daddy's Wolverine this is going to be something completely different you know it's yeah. going to be the Wolverine it's going to be the Wolverine from the comics the Wolverine is an insanely violent character you know? he's a flawed character well, isn't he Deeply. but the comic books obviously become a bit more open with the violence obviously when you some of the comic books to do with Wolverine have got to be kind of more tame because they are for a younger audience but there is obviously versions of Wolverine that are just insanely violent you know because it is a, he's an insanely violent character mm-hmm. it's James Mangold's best film 
for me as well as director that's his best film did he do Hotel Rwanda as well don't, did he? I don't know he did Copland I, mean, I really enjoyed Copland Copland a great movie um, Identity Identity I think as well not a huge uh, fan of that one no yeah. He did Wolverine, didn't he? Origins. Um, so he's atoned for that. Uh, I didn't mind the Wolverine. I thought the Wolverine was actually all right. Yeah, it, it was only all right, though. The ending right. was poor, but I liked a lot of the stuff in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, the elements that were decent. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm looking at his, oh, he done, he done 310 to Yuma, which I'm a big fan of. Apart from the end. Apart from, from the end. end. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked that film, apart from the end. It was, yeah. He did Walk the Line. Was, yeah, yeah, one of those films that on repeat viewing isn't that great. I really enjoyed Walk the Line, then I watched it again. I thought, I, I don't, yeah, didn't, didn't. I think the performances are better than the film. Yeah, he also got interrupted as well. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's, yeah. he goes out get people. He gets people awards if anything. You know, he can get people to. Yeah, he gets people awards. He gets people Oscars, man. Yeah, he gets people Oscars. Um, but yeah, so I would probably put it as the best film out of all them. I'm I'm big fan of Night and uh, not Night and Night, not Night and Day. It's terrible. Um, Three Ten to Yuma. Um, but what yeah, I uh, what I've got really bored by to be honest. I, I was. Just, yeah, it was a bit there, wasn't it? it was a bit. It, it, it's very generic and very dull. But yeah, so this is definitely his best film, and it's. He got to number three film this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two is the highest rated comic book film, which is Thor Ragnarok. Loved it. Yeah. Um, uh, Barry, did you see this one, Thor Ragnarok? I have not. It's on my list to watch. Uh, your list? So I'm, I am now kind of, I don't even think it's out in the cinema anymore. I'm kind of sitting here waiting for, like, for it to appear on Amazon so I can rent it. <laughs> uh, my only kind of takeaway from it was the fact that uh, after talking to yourself and then watching the trailer again is just how much they showed in the movie from the trailer like they should never have released the whole like Hulk bit well, it's I felt I agree. If, they, if they had kept that a secret I felt like it would have been a bigger like uh, impact reveal yeah. Oh, if they'd, if they'd left that off the trailer and you're watching that in the first week, all the geeks are in the cinema watching that for the first week, and then halfway through the film, all of a sudden Hulk just turns up, people would have been applauding in the, in the cinema. People would have been on their feet cheering that yeah. moment. But mm. as it is, because it's in the trailer, you're sitting there just kind of almost waiting for that moment yeah. to happen. It's the same with when they brought out Civil War um, and they had Spider Man in the trailer. Yeah, that was that was unforgivable, that. Yeah. If you don't have that, you just have the like you know the twenty like fifteen of them lining up at the airport to fight, and you're like going, oh, this is gonna be really cool. And then all of a sudden, Spider Man just walks into the place. The place would have went absolutely insane. Could seven have been made now? They'd probably show Kevin Spacey, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. They wouldn't. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. You know, you've, you've given so much away, and it's a real. It's just, no mystique now, none at all. Yeah, they're almost like they're so intent to make sure that opening weekend is huge. They have that's to, it. Yeah. yeah, and like Thor Ragnarok, uh, we probably got a very good audience as well already. Something like Civil War had a massive audience anyway. It doesn't need to have that extra. No. Boom, you know, say a lot about Star Wars last year. Right? It didn't actually give that much away in the trailer. It actually, was quite. Yeah. The, the, the trailer gave you sense of tone, and it gave you a sense of what the rough idea of the film was. Then give much away in terms of plot yeah it was quite restrained whereas Force Awakens I thought was just giving away full plot yeah Totally. Something like yeah, and the Justice League stuff, you know, Superman Return, not Superman Return, Superman vs. Batman and the Justice League. The film just gets given away. The whole film is given away in the trailer. Like almost in order where you're sitting there's wait, you're almost just ticking boxes um for the scene to happen. You go like, okay, that's just now a minute and a half into the trailer. Right, okay, so this thing happened now. You're, you're waiting for moments as opposed to you know wanting to enjoy the film. Yeah, um, that's but, true. Different dynamic. But I would say that it's a really he's he's breathed new life into that genre. Um Taika Waititi. He, yes. he's great filmmaker yeah I mean you cannot fault this film I mean, we can say we want about maybe some of the marketing of the film but the actual film itself is nothing short of fantastic you know it's a brilliantly brilliant comic book film it feels like a comic book film it feels like a Ditko comic book film and also Thor was the sort of the bastard stepchild of the Marvel Universe where no one really gave a shit about him yeah mm. you know fine in an ensemble but yes. not one you want to watch by himself no so to make that make his character interesting and also to more than anything for me as a big fan of the director's work he is 
he's not just been my biggest fear would that he'd be um, an India director hired like studio by numbers and yeah. he'd be watered down and you'd lose his essence of what made his own independent film so interesting but no he really imprints himself on it you know it's it's very much his film with his sense of humour um, really dry kiwi sardonic humour that finds its way in the most random bizarre places it's it's just a fun film it's just fun yeah. you just feel good after watching it you know that's it I mean it came out in October but it should have been out in summer because it felt like a summer blockbuster it felt that's like so true that yeah that's like so true um, and like yeah that's been a big problem for like probably a lot of Marvel stuff there's nothing wrong with the Marvel stuff I enjoy it immensely it's a lot of fun but they bring in these interesting directors but then don't allow them to stamp any sort of authority exactly of what makes them them you know if you hire Edgar Wright for a film let Edgar Wright make an Edgar Wright film exactly yeah you know well, like, uh, I think the problem is now there's there's so much money on the line that they oh, want yeah. a hit Regardless, so and currently with Disney, they they have no qualms about pulling punches. You know, if they don't like you, they they're going to pull you. They've done it with like four directors on Star Wars. They've done it with Jurassic World director as well. You know, if things aren't working, they will get rid of you very quickly. Yes. Mm. You know, because they they've got so much right. These films are basically tent poles that support their entire entire studio. And if they don't hit big, then they're in trouble, and they know they're in trouble. So they have to make sure there's nothing is left to chance. So true. I think the, the the abiding feeling of of Ragnarok is that it's very much the director's film, and I'm just yep. very excited to see where he goes next. I don't really care about Thor that much. No. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Um, it, it did the job. I, I think that franchise can die. It probably won't. There's probably 700 sequels yep. following. I don't care. I just want to see where where TT goes after that because the sky's the limit with that guy. No, absolutely. I'm the same. Like the, the next film won't be. Uh, I'm interested in the, like the fifth film from Matiti as opposed to being if he does Thor two, which or Thor four, which he probably won't do Thor four. I don't think he'll do his I own. Wouldn't thing. have thought so. No, no. But uh, what he does next will be will be absolutely interesting because I mean I watched recently his. I think it's his second. No, is his debut film Boy? Is that his? Yeah, I think. Yeah, debut. Boy. Absolutely beautiful for for our opening movie. But there's everything in that film. That you be, that you love from things like what we do in the shadows and from wilder people and from Thor, you can see his personality yeah. stamped all over that film from the word go, and he doesn't move from that in the rest of his work. He, he still you can watch it. What it's kind of like he got to the point with almost like the Coen Brothers, where you can watch his films and know it's his film. Yes, that's so, so much, true. So much of him in it, and that's that's an important thing you have as a director, I think. Yeah, very much his own signature stamp. He's he's the most exciting director out there at the moment for me. I, I'll watch whatever he does. So I, I'm happy with Ragnarok. I don't think it should be as high as it is, but I'm happy with Ragnarok. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I wasn't on my top ten at all, but that's just because I think of the, the real quality of what has been out this year at times. Good year, yeah. But it, I thought it was a fun, fun, enjoyable film. Yeah. Um, and number one, um, what was it? Yeah, number one. It was number one by an absolute country mile, actually. <laughs> Um, it appeared on every single person's list uh-huh. apart from one one person didn't put it on their list but everyone else had it on their list and I think everyone had it in their top five as well which is why it's won by an absolute margin uh, and that was Baby Driver oh nice nice yeah. um, no, no brainer yeah. yeah it's the most visually interesting film I've seen all this year it's a film that I watched and I wanted to see instantly see it again yeah mm. not to try and get a second reading on it not to try and you know understand something it was simply I want to see that film again because it was so good it, it feels like a, a pure distillation of why cinema is so exciting in yeah. every sense. And it's not... Uh, I'm someone who maybe uh, likes a bit ponderous uh, films that you can analyse and oh. it's over, but at the same time, cinema is escape, and that, that's exactly what it is, and you're completely swept up with this film, and it's everything that Edgar Wright had promised 
But I think without Simon Pegg and Nick Frost around him, he does, and also the Ant-Man debacle, he's got something to prove. And so he's, mm-hmm. he's made this film, and it's, it's signature right. It's everything about it is just exhilarating. It's the most pumped I've been ever after being to the cinema. I was I was flying and I was ready to watch it again immediately yeah. after. And it says a lot that a film called Baby Driver. The most insane scene in that film was around a, a, like a chase, like not a lot of car chase, but like a foot chase. Mm. Yeah, the foot that chase, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, foot chase to Brighton Rock is just it's stunning. It's like it's absolutely you know it's like Mad Max. Your heart is pounding all the it way. Like Mad Max. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but for me, yeah, it, like it, when I first saw it, it, it was going to be the film of the year. A couple of things came pretty close, you know. Paddington Two came pretty close just for pure pure love um, about it. But yeah, Baby Ride for me was by far the, the best film of the year. Barry, you had it on your list as well, didn't you? Yeah, I had that in at number six, which was it just get beaten to the post by the uh, late entry of Jumanji for me. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you've also <laughs> problem is though as well. Like I did see Baby Driver when it came out, and Jumanji was fresh in my mind. So maybe if no, I went back and watched Baby Driver, I think Jumanji could probably follow a few places. Yeah, as well. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's totally You know, that's why you know studios put their Oscar baity stuff out now. You know, things that are out in March don't tend to nominate for Oscars and things like that because people forget about them by now. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, so like there's other stuff we'll get to in a minute like that I saw early on the year that I like, didn't put in my list. I thought, oh shit, that was a really good film. I really enjoyed that film. Um, but it's, you forget about it. I'm yeah. sure I, I'm sure I said that on the podcast at the time, but with me, with Baby Driver, it was one of the few movies that I've seen in recent times where it was the soundtrack that really hooked me mm. uh, along with the story. It was almost like the soundtrack was almost outpacing the, uh, the actual script for me. Yeah. It's Tarantino-esque, isn't it? It's Tarantino-esque. That, those songs will be synonymous with the film and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like almost like did he come up with a soundtrack first and he built his story around the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. Like, find the, <laughs> I don't he did, but it feels like that. You know, he thought, like, I, want, like, yeah. I want to put Brighton Rock in here for a chase scene. I'll work the beats to the, the chase to this song. Yeah, it does feel like that. It does yeah. feel like that. Um, John Hamm as well. I think John Hamm deserves a mention because he's such a great actor. Mad Men, for me, is one of the greatest most underrated series ever ever made and he his performance is so nuanced yep. but in Baby Driver he, he's just he just knocks it out of the park yeah he's allowed to go a bit allowed to go a bit bigger in this yeah yeah he's, he's free he's, he's having fun he's having fun yeah you can see that he's, he's enjoying what he's doing he's done that in a few things like the one he done on Sky Arts did you see the one he done with Daniel Radcliffe I did I did see that he's allowed yeah. to go a bit bigger on that as well and sort of have a bit more fun with that he's done, done a did he do a Black Mirror as well at one point he did do a Black Mirror, yeah. He did the um, the Christmas special, Black yes. Mirror. So he, yeah. he has he has had moments when he can go a bit bigger, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does it. He, he's obviously do, it, but I like, think just because you're so you, and also he does comedy. Like you watch something like Bridesmaids. Yeah, Thirty Rock. Thirty yeah. Rock. He's amazing. Thirty Rock. Yeah. Yeah, he's only in it for like maybe, and Bridesmaids only got like maybe four or five scenes, but he goes so big and so funny with it that it makes it really entertaining. Parks and Recreation is in that as well, you know. He's... Is he a kind of in Parks and Rec? Yeah, he is. He is. Who is he in Parks and Rec? He's not in it for long. But he is in it. Yeah. Um, been a long time, but he is in it. I've only watched that recently, so I'll have to go back and watch that and find out where he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Baby Driver 1, which I think we can all agree on, is a, a fair and justly, oh, yeah. justly winner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. But we'll go around the, the room now. We'll start with Barry. I know you may have to get off at some point earlier than the rest of us, Barry. 
Yeah. Your top ten. We won't look at the ones we've already talked about. What's in your top ten? What was your number ten? Do you remember? Yep, it's uh, like I said, like I had to quickly move things about before recording because I realised Split actually came out last year. No, so unfortunately, was it, was, no, was, no. Was it not? No, twenty sixteen no. America, twenty seventeen over here. Was it? Uh huh. Definitely. I'd have had Split in my ten if I knew it was this year. I thought it was last year. Are <laughs> we I've put Dunkirk back at number ten. Come on. Yeah, Split was in my. Um, Split was, was out quite late, like sort of end of January, start of February this year in Britain. Oh, really? And I'm sure I saw it in the first week it was out. I really liked Split. Yeah. Really. So are you changing now, buddy? you putting Split back in? Yeah, fuck it. Dunkirk can go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's ditched, he's ditched the bastards on the beach. They can find themselves. You're going to die anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's purely just because I've got a much better, like, uh, war movie. Yeah, wait for January Twitch. 20th of January 2017 split them out so yeah it's definitely a 2017 release fantastic there we go split's back in hey, so what's number 10 then uh, it was uh, oh sorry uh, okay okay. let's go back to the original list number 10 was Blade Runner uh, 2049 purely because story was a bit gash and say <sighs> the release they released the fucking image of Harrison Ford when they should have kept it a secret again but yeah originally you cannot fault it. It was visually just stunning. They really captured the whole uh, Las Vegas, like a future Las Vegas, and also a little subtle nods back to the original movie as well, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Um, I hope Roger Deakins win the, wins the Oscar because he just deserves one, a kind of Martin Scorsese-style Lifetime Achievement Award, like he won for The Departed. You know, he just he just deserves it. It's outrageous. Yep. But uh, I don't I really think, have much... I don't think he's going to get it this year. Hey? I don't think he'll get it this year again. No, you said that. No, I think shame. I think Shape of Water is looking like being the most likely one. That's sort of the right. big... Um, that's winning a lot of sort of early awards. So Deacons oh. could lose for, I think, the 13th time or something like that. Outrageous. You can't shoot Fargo and not win an Oscar. It's just yeah, he's just he's been so unlucky. He's been up against like every year he goes up for one, he's up against something that's brilliant as well. Mm. No, he's got that kind of just that real unfortunate that run of they've been like you're. We know it's almost like they've got that thing with him. We know you're brilliant, so we're going to give this guy who is brilliant for one year. For a football analogy, I would say it's like Sergio Aguero has never been in the Premier League team of the year. Every year he's been there and he scores twenty five goals every season. Yeah. Just start taking people for granted. Uh-huh. So that's why, rather than an up-and-comer who comes from nowhere, like Deacon, you go, oh, it's going to look stunning. Yeah, um, maybe it's that. that. Yeah. You were, you were left a bit cold by Blade Runner, I believe, dude. I was, yeah. But I, I found it ridiculously long as well. I thought it was... Like three hours, yeah. right? Was two, hours four, two hours. <laughs> asking the guy that sat through it twice, it's <laughs> two hours and 40 <laughs> minutes, two hours and 45 minutes or something. But it earns that 2045, you know, it's sort of like you... It, oh, it, it feels like it. Yeah, like, you genuinely feel like you're sitting through a 2044-minute movie. It's absolutely fucking brutal, some of it. Aye. There's just moments where you just, sort of, you just go, I, I, I'm all for performance and sort of just, like, sort of relaxing and sitting there. But something you go, just do something, just move the camera. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. yeah. Only God Forgives was a beautiful visually stunning film but it was an hour and 20 minutes so yeah. I'm happy with that do you know what I mean <laughs> and, and that is 
barely a film because I mean I, I think the, the guy who directed that's now going in he's become more and more just like a, a he's doing poems almost on screen yeah he's, 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 he's the new Terence Malick isn't he yeah, yeah. Uh, but he said like with, 20, with Blade Runner 2049 it's they didn't even knew who obviously I'm a big, we're all big fans of you know he's done some really brilliant work yeah. in the past. Oh, Villeneuve's amazing, yeah. Villeneuve, yeah, Villeneuve, yeah. You know, he's one of the guys you will, you will watch him again and again and again, but this, this film just it left me very, very cold. And yeah. maybe not a fan of the original, not a huge fan. I appreciate it, but don't love it. It's overrated. Uh, don't get it. Don't yeah, get it. I don't yeah. understand the constant love for it. Just, just, no, just, no. You know, but people will stand behind it all the time. Um, Barry, what's your number nine? Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Number nine is, well, it was Logan. Logan, right, we've done Logan already. Number eight? Yep. Uh, that would have been it, which we've already done. Yeah. Number seven. number seven is Split. But like, I mean, one of the most, like probably one of the films that probably surprised people the most this year. Oh, definitely. Because it's like it, it was put put for all the sort of a, a bog standard, um, Bloomhouse horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you get like probably one of the best performances going this year. It's Oscar worthy for me. Yeah. It's Oscar worthy. It's if incredible. It McAvoy is amazing. He's yeah. on another planet for me. If it wasn't for it was in a horror, like a low budget horror film, he should be up for an Oscar. Yeah, we're talking about it again. The the discrimination with genre is exactly oh, the same. Mm. And it's it loses its way in the final act a little bit, I think. But there's too much beast. But uh, I I think it's a really good film and a real return to form for Matt Shalaman. Although he actually last one he did before was all right. But, uh, the one they go to Grandma's house, the visit. Yeah, yeah, it was alright. You seen that one yet? No, I haven't. Watch it because it does some. It does something in the third act that you're so not expecting, and will leave you scarred for a long time. Well. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I was watching the cinema, but like people were actually like sort of sh- like almost screaming at the screen, like of like, oh, no, please, 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 no, 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 and it happened, and it was, it, it, it happened, and it, I was upset by it. Um, but it's not. But Charmin, I think we see that seems what will now probably be his like sort of his world now. If he can do like a film for maybe eight or nine million bucks, yeah, you know. But we give but working in that Bloomfield, given all the control, you know, he he gets control, does it for a cheap budget. He can do that. You know, he, he can work with within that. Yeah, he he can be a great filmmaker, a really interesting filmmaker. Um, and I like the little nod at the end as well. I don't know where they go on with that. With, well, they're uh, shooting that. They're shooting the sequel to that. It's now they're shooting glass. They are they're shooting that. That's good. That's yeah. Good. So I don't know if they're setting up like a, basically an alternate superhero world. You know, when like yeah. McAvoy is going to be like a sort of obviously a super villain of some description. You're going to have, you know, everybody. You know, well, Bruce Wells is still alive, obviously, in this world. He's going to yeah. be a superhero. Is he going to bring he bring in other elements from other films? I really no. liked Unbreakable. I thought it was very underrated. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see that res- resurgence for that film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know Split was this year. It would have been in my top ten. It probably would have snuck on ten or nine. Yeah. Very early January of January of this year, so it was, it was very early on. In this year. <laughs> Barry number six. Uh, we're at number six. It was Baby Driver, which we'll talk about. Yep. Number five was Jumanji. And <laughs> it's pure. It, it's purely because I was I was going in there with the hope that it was going to be bad, and then it kind of turned out that. It was actually all right, leaning. It did make me chuckle quite a few times, and I'm like, "You fucking bastard!" Think of what you've left off the list right now to put Jumanji in. Well, well, John Kirk can have Jumanji in. I mean, yeah. The big problem is, the problem is, this top ten for myself is movies that I've seen. 
Unfortunately, right. I haven't seen things like Thor, the Spider-Man Homecoming, and That's I'm sure. And there's a whole bunch of other things that I haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair enough, man. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Uh, You're putting that in that someone in the team did vote for Daddy's Home too. Oh you know? my God. I'm not, not, not going to say who it was that voted for it, but she is sitting about four feet away from me right now. Oh, of course. <laughs> is that number one, Jill? <laughs> <laughs> she said that she laughed at it a lot and comedies don't really get her laughing a lot, so if it made her laugh a lot, then it's, oh. it's worth it. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? I mean, it's a completely stupid decision, but that's her decision. Exactly. Uh, so what came after Banji uh, <laughs> Barry? <laughs> it was a uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which I only seen the other day, and I used a bit of contrivance to get it onto the list to bump uh, uh, Dunkirk out the way. And that well, was Hacksaw, Ridge, Hacksaw Ridge came out in 2017. Definitely 2017 yeah. film. Did yeah, it? yeah. Oh, it was re- it was released in 2016, but in America again. I I know, but in, but it was late January when we got it, so. The rest of the world seen it like months before we did, but yeah. I was like, that's like good enough an excuse to get it on the list. No, definitely. We, we go by British release date, so yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. include it. Yeah, a, and it's a phenomenally good war film. Like, yeah, you don't think it's quite as really good. good as it is. Um, yeah. And like, it's hope it's seen Mel Gibson coming back into the directing frame, which is a guy of immense talent who should be allowed to direct films, but obviously hasn't done something for a while. Um, it's, yeah. it's a I think the only thing that put kept it off my list was after at times it was a little bit not high right. sort of it hit this hit the marks it's supposed to hit. You know, he has you know, he has a girlfriend back home, he has a dad who fought in the previous way. It felt it felt a bit cliched at times. Yeah. yeah. He's too perfect a guy would be my criticism. Yeah. He's done something bad somewhere. He yeah. must have Punched a cat in the face or something, you know. You know, definitely cracking, cracking. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it immensely as well. And it's a fantastic soundtrack too as well. It sounds like you're watching it. It's it's a visceral war film. You're watching it. Like, like, you do feel like things are coming, like, blown up in your face a lot of time, you know? Yeah, and I think that's why I just, I preferred that over, like, I know, like, a kind of technically different movies, but that's why I just preferred this over Dunkirk. This, when they finally got him, like a boot camp and actually put them in the field it just captured that thing that you want to get from a war movie that whole like, like experience of holy shit man this is absolutely mental and I can't believe that folk actually went through this yeah, yeah, yeah. Dunkirk Dun it just never really it just never really grabbed me in that sense it never felt like there were in real danger I disagree entirely but I understand where you're coming from because yeah. lots of people have had the same complaint um Dunkirk was really high for me, like four, I think. But I've got a lot of friends who just didn't resonate with it at all because it's essentially an art house film and it is not narrative driven. There's barely any dialogue. There's no connection with a character. So you feel kind of ostracized from everybody within the film. But I think that's kind of the point. But then Hacksaw Ridge, there's a narrative. You you, you focus on a character and then through a, a, some kind of osmosis, you realize the horror of war. Whereas Dunkirk is just a, an art house depiction of how unsettling and and desolate and hopeless war is, but yeah. if you can't connect with an actual character, then some people feel a bit disconnected from the film itself. Yeah, Dunkirk's trying to tell the story of ten thousand or a hundred thousand, whereas exactly. it's quite openly only telling one man's story. And I think it's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. around yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. It's like the difference between the like the Pacific uh, compared to Band of Brothers. Yeah. 
or even like Thin Red Line and uh, Private Ryan both came out in the same year. Yeah, yeah. Same idea. Um, yeah, so but Pax was a cracking film. Uh, Barry, number three, what was, your, what was your third one on your list? It was Detroit. Oh, see, I wanted to put Detroit on my list so badly. I just could not, I couldn't bump anything off it. But it was like, if I've, if I've got a number 11 on my list, it would have been Detroit. Mm. It, I was, it was just one of those movies and I sat there like pretty much from the get-go I just sat there and it was the one and only movie that's ever made me feel bad for being white I was like yeah, I just feel I, I just feel bad and guilty now I'm like let me just sneak <laughs> yes. at the cinema <laughs> it's your fault it's your fault this is the opposite yeah. of Good Will Hunting Barry this it is 100% your fault yeah. <laughs> like, don't watch that and get out in the same day then because you'll, you will just like feel complete nothing but hatred for your own race yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Detroit just no, doesn't let up from like Detroit is that wonderful opening like sort of the kind of documentary style opening where it gives you sort of a background to what, where all these problems sort of sort of the, the, the where, where, where the tinder is and then you see the spark like kick it all off and then it's just like for the next two hours you're just like you're literally you're sitting with your heart in your mouth edge of your seat just utterly shitting, at you, shitting yourself for everybody I involved in it I haven't seen it yet I'm very excited I love yeah. Catherine Bigelow I think she's an incredible filmmaker I haven't seen it yet you know, if like if you imagine the tension she gets in the hut lock in the hut locker, you know when you like yeah, it's unbearable. The, yeah, yeah, the scenes in the hut locker when it's like when he's walking towards a bomb and he's going to do stuff uh-huh. with that. It's like that, but for about at least two hours of the film. Jesus. Yeah, it's like a constant like like about hundred and twenty minutes of just pure like odd oh, that holy crap, what the fuck's going on? This is just terrifying. Two um, British actors as well in the lead roles. Yeah, I mean, I I genuinely hope the boy who plays. Um, the main White dude, whose name I can't remember now. He's, in, he's a British actor. He's in um, We Are the Mellows. Yeah, he's been in lots of really good things. I, I yeah. can't remember the dude's name. I like him a lot. Um, uh, he was going to be Pennywise at one point, actually. Was he? Yeah, he was originally tapped for Pennywise, and then he dropped out for, for the director of Pennywise, of It, sorry, um, dropped out, and then he didn't want to go with the new director just because he felt like his vision wasn't the same. Okay, uh, Will cool. Poulter is that his Will name? Poulter. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the that's guy. Name, yeah, he's uh, really good, man. In the Revenant, isn't he? Um, yes, in the Revenant uh, as well. Yes, sort of Rambo, which is really good as well. He's yeah. in good he's, stuff, man. I like him. He's he's really stepping into actually being like a an actual actor, like getting out of the cab, being a kid actor, and into a serious yeah. actor now. And that's what I like about it. That's role yeah. really just fit fit perfect to get him over that car ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very well put. Yeah, I only think it is because it was out kind of early on in the year. I think it was out about maybe, was it maybe September time, maybe August, September. It might get forgotten. His performance might get forgotten when it comes to sort of the award season. Um, I think the whole film seems to have got forgotten. There's not much about it. You see the lists. You yeah. know, I was consulting my own list, thinking have I missed anything, and uh, it's not really there that much. No, it's not. No. It, should, it should be. It came out at the right. It came out at a time when sort of like you had the. Um, I think there was, a, was a, like a lot of obviously tension in America, which obviously still is, but it was sort of. Like yeah. a height. Um, there was a few like sort of things breaking off in America. There have been a lot of sort of shootings of African Americans uh-huh. um, in a short space of time, stuff like that. So it felt like it came out at a prevalent time. Yeah. I'm not saying that's that's definitely not died down now, but it seems to be less like front front news. In the news, yeah. yeah so it's so, kind of lost that traction because yeah. of that it's sort of drifted away again out of memory but it shouldn't because it should be one of those films that again people will hold up in maybe 10 years time and look at it as a sort of almost a, a piece of like history because she is an incre- she's an incredible filmmaker Catherine yeah. Bigelow but no um, more needs to be made of, of what she's doing because she's on a real hot streak 
everything she's doing seems important and vital. And from what you guys are saying, I haven't seen Detroit, but from what you guys are saying, really still captivating filmmaking. No oh, matter how yeah. difficult the subject matter. I mean, it's definitely, oh. it's, it's definitely a difficult subject matter, but she makes it, she engages you with it. Um, and mm. not always in a nice way, you know, as I'm no. watch, but you, you are, you're not able to um, turn away. When I came out of the cinema, I don't know if Barry had the same experience. It was like I went to quite a busy cinema to see it, and when I walked out, it was like a silent trudge out of the cinema. Really? Yeah. yeah. White guilt. Yeah, definitely. It was. Uh, I I don't think there's too many people uh, in the cinema when we when we went and seen it, but it was a very cat. When the credits started rolling, it was a very cat eerie. Everyone quietly start, yeah, and just quietly march out and just, just get yeah, quickly go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, somber, um, somber. I can only like I can compare it to maybe to like when I saw Spotlight last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good comparison. When you walk out from Spotlight, you don't want to really go for some drink and have fun after it. You're gonna go right. I need to go home and really, like I think and sort of just reconsider a few things. You know, just sort of think about life. Uh, yeah, n- n- uh, after Detroit, Barry, which was number two? It was American Made. An interesting choice. Yes, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And this is one of the first movies in a long time where I can say that Tom Cruise didn't feel like Tom Cruise to me. He actually felt like the character that he was playing. That is a very, I guess a fair point, yeah. You know. It's a pretty meh yeah. film, though, I thought. I thought it was pretty meh. I. I, I it was just okay for me. I, I went in with quite low expectations to it, so I was, I was quite, obviously I was surprised by it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. But I agree with Barry's assertion. It was good to see Tom Cruise actually do something out with the kind of Tom Cruise canon. You know, it, yeah, yeah. he's putting himself out there. He's a great actor, Tom Cruise, as you guys covered in the, you know, you had a special Tom Cruise yeah, yeah. a while ago. And, you know, he's a fucking amazing actor, but I don't think he's kind of, Utilised that for quite some time. He's become a bit of a caricature of himself. He um, seems to Tom Cruise now does stunts. That's what we're all about. Tom, yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise will strap himself to the side of a plane. You know that. <laughs> but Tom Cruise is also the guy who played thingy in Born the Fourth of July. You know, yeah, yeah. and played that with absolutely such subtlety and, and yeah, and loved it. It was, it was a, a, an amazing film. You know, so and an amazing performance as well. So we like to see him go. This, I'm not saying American made anything near that scale. But he has black and chops. So what we're saying is Tom Cruise, what he lacks in height, he makes up for in cahoonies. He's got a small man syndrome. He's like, I can't compete with these big guys, so I will strap myself to a plane instead. I think what also grabbed me as well, I'm kind of thinking about its release as well, uh, like release date was, we were just coming off the back of finishing... Uh, the second season of Narcos as well. Um, so I think that kind of helped it get kind of boosted up because it was kind of part of that whole universe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's in your um, zone at that point in time. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're in that sort of frame of mind, you would sort of maybe enjoy the film more than you would if you watched and again, watching a vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a good, again, interesting choice. I would have put it anywhere near my top 10, Barry, but it is your top 10, obviously. So you can put whatever you want in your top 10. Oh, uh, so what is Ferdinand? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and see, Number one, I know what Barry number one is, and I think McFall will be pleasantly surprised by it. Number one, Barry, is. I'm even surprised by this one. Train Spotting 2. Oh, purely purely yeah, because 
they didn't fuck it up. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, do you know what? It nearly made my top ten. You know, it was really close. It was probably my eleven. Uh, I I think they did an excellent job. I know Mackay is recording this and seething as I say this, but I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually think they did an excellent job on Train Spotting Two because it's everything you expected those characters. Where they, where you expected those characters to be, there was a, uh, there was a real kind of bittersweet feel to the whole film. It was incredibly nostalgic with the flashbacks. It just felt incredibly sad, um, and the whole vitality of youth that was captured on the first film, which for me is still the greatest British film ever made, um, is is completely gone, and it's just vanished into dust. And I, I, I fucking loved it. I love Train Spotting too. And uh, it's not a cool thing to say. And I think R- Richard watched it, and he'd never seen the first one. And you, is that right? And you'd watched. No, I saw it. I watched the first one about 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 like, two or three days before, just because right, I knew okay. the second yeah. one. So I don't have you the same. Preferred the second one, didn't you? You preferred the second one, didn't you? I prefer the story the second one. Yeah, I thought yeah. the second one's got a better narrative in it. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It probably has. It's less. The thing about the first one is it's so kind of zeitgeist, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's all it's all scene, 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 and and music, and everything just feels iconic. But actually, in terms of a film, and as you say, we've you've said it a few times, exists uh, enjoying a film within a vacuum. Trainspotting Two probably is a better cohesive piece of work, which is yeah. a bold statement. Yeah. So you're watching Trainspotting One when you were I don't know how old, you would have been about what 14, 15 maybe. Yeah, I was young. I was young. Yeah, so you're watching it in that world where it's like this is it, it seems really cool to you, but if like if you watch it later on in life, you go, nah, it just seems like a film to me, and I'm sort of in that. Place yeah, exactly, exactly. It's revelatory at that period of time. Oh, yeah. I, I don't, have, I don't really have any nostalgic attachment to Trainspotting at all. All I know, I've never seen the posters everywhere, but never actually seen the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's probably what I think that's probably what a lot of people like uh, pick up. First way the original transporting is the iconic posters, and oh. then, and then it's like they'll go and watch it, and then like you said, because everything about it is so iconic, and so kind of everyone references at some point. It's just I'm cool. Not, isn't it? Everything about it is cool, you know. To not dismiss the first one because, as I say, I do think it is the best British film ever made, but mm. there's just something about the second one that's incredibly somber. Um, uh, and I, I really, I really liked it, but I, I just think they they fucked up the final act. Uh, if they fucked up the final act a bit, the, the Begbie fight the kill scene just goes on too long, and it's uh, yeah, I think they messed that up a little bit. But I, I liked it. I, I liked it on the whole. I don't buy that Begbie and you McGregor in the same class at school. No, no. <laughs> even if even if they could be a held back, even if you held back, someone's getting. <laughs> You can be held back by like 10 years and you would still be <laughs> five years between them. That's the power of the moustache. Yeah. I mean, shaved the moustache. We all know you McDigger is, you know, a vampire and is forever young, but even at that, I felt like, how old is Beggy meant to be? Yeah. Yeah. It can't break the illusion of that. But if you look at the first one, you go, they probably do like roughly the same age in the first one. Yeah. So the, the the math does work out, but if you were to watch the second one first, you go, they're not in the same age at all. <laughs> the, the real age, the real ages, is about seven years between them, isn't there? Isn't there about six, seven years between oh. McGregor and Carlisle? Isn't there? Carlisle's in a rougher paper round the look of it. He looks. Hi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Papers in Partick on the Hills. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that's when the film it didn't fall apart. I'm going like, going, I'm like, bullshit. That does not make sense to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, the third act, when it, like him chasing, I felt like him wanting to kill 
Um, what was McGregor's character called again? Sorry, I keep forgetting. Renton. When he wants to kill Renton, I feel he goes too far. Like, I feel like like he would he's, he would be angry to begin with and be wanted, but I feel once he stops as a breather, he wouldn't ah. want he wouldn't want to kill him. Uh, at that. He, he would, would he would have a he would have a moment of clarity. clarity. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I will say that. For a separate point, I will say Carlisle's never been better, and he's a really good actor, but he's nope. incredible as Begbie. That scene where he goes back after a prison, he goes and sees his kid. Yep. That yeah. is so much tension in the air. It's it's palpable, man. He, yeah. He's incredible. You'd be worried if he, like, he went back home and the wife has got like, a new man or something in the bed. He looks like, oh my, he, just, like, he would kill he, him on the spot. He would gouge his eyes right out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prick. Yeah. The only thing. The only thing I didn't like about was why did they have to call it T two Train Spotting? That was, I just don't understand why they couldn't just call it Train Spotting Two. I've never understood that whole advertisement with it. So there's uh, only one T two. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Arnie can't be happy with that. I mean, that no. that's outrageous. To be honest, I don't know why that happened. That's ill advised. Yeah, I mean, I can't make a marketing company doing that. That does almost seem like something Boyle would do, or even. Um, like who, who wrote Transporting again? I forget the guy's name. Um, Evan Welsh, wasn't it? Evan Welsh, yeah. Like it's almost like a Welsh thing. Like, I'm just going to do it just to mess with people, almost just because I don't give a shit. It doesn't look like deliberately, a, a, almost a deliberately antagonistic move, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I can't imagine a marketing company wanting to do that at all. You wouldn't no. have thought so, no. Yeah, um, yeah so Transporting two, by the actually number one. Yeah, man. yes, that was. I'm glad to see Transporting on someone's list. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised it was on someone's list. Also surprised the number someone's number one on the list. So. Well yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, move on to you, Stu. What, what was your number 10? My 10 was an incredibly divisive, weird film, um, which you've seen The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yes. I, I, I still, I've kind of reconciled where I am with it. Yep. I, I think it's a bit of a masterpiece, yep. but it's, I can completely understand people loathing it. Yeah. Um, can't really believe it's been made with <laughs> a real studio, massive studio budget with incredible actors, you know, Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman, the dude who dies in Dunkirk that nobody really cares about. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's a bit of a genius, old Yorgos, the Greek dude. Um, he did The Lobster, obviously, yep. previous, and it's very much in that vein in the sense that it's... <coughs> excuse me, completely uncompromising. He's got a vision for something and they are art house films that happen to have a studio budget and don't really know how anyone signed it off. And it's it's one of them that I like it because I, li- I like a lot of films, but I like films that stay with you. They cling to you afterwards. And I yeah. felt deeply unsettled with the film. There's a, the, the, the rough premise is, you know, there's, there's a doctor who seems to have everything in control in his life. He's got this perfect suburban life with his wife and kids. And then you see these scenes interspersed with a young kid, probably 16, 17, that he's hanging out with. And you're thinking, well, what's, what's his deal? That's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of comes to light uh, as it goes on. I won't give much away. And it, it turns into a real kind of allegory, like almost a biblical allegory of he's, this is how I interpret it anyway. He is God, somebody who is who has complete control and thinks that he can decide between life and death. And then you've got this kid who's essentially the devil, uh, and he's just toying with their family, and the family are just in this state of continual peril. Um, and it's a fucking excruciating watch for like, a, like two hours with a really unsettling score and this bizarre deadpan delivery where everybody just sounds like a fucking robot and there's no emotion to everything so it's kind of a satire on suburbia as well um i i, I loved it i absolutely loved it now I've, i've kind of appraised it more but i can completely understand why a lot of people wouldn't dig it but i just i like the 
the fact that Colin Farrell is showing his chops as well. Yeah, but Colin Farrell's a movie actor who's not a movie star. You know, you put him in stuff where he's not has to be like sort of to open a film. His handsomeness is setting back, hasn't it? Oh, uh-huh, yeah, he's been so good looking and he's been unfortunately been cast in certain films. You go, you're not right for that film, but you put him in something yep. like this or like The Lobster or even something like Phone Booth when it's sort of it's more character driven. He's, he's, yeah. he's a very good character actor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw the film as well. I mean, I was. I can't remember how many people walked out of the cinema when I saw it, but it was a, a good few people walked out of the cinema when this was on. I can believe that. And I imagine the director wanted one. Yeah, I mean, I think he wants you to come out of the film and want to debate it with people. You don't, he doesn't he's, want you to understand it. He's, he doesn't want yeah. to, he's provocative, isn't he? he yeah, he wants, very provocative filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but I, I know when I came out, I knew I liked it, but I didn't know why I liked it or what I liked. Same with yeah, Jill. It's yeah. a film I didn't think she would normally go for, but she came out, she enjoyed it, but uh-huh. didn't really know why, didn't really know what it was about that she liked, but she, you know, she did enjoy parts of it. What film are we talking about, guys? Killing of a Sacred Deer. Ah, i never seen that one. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the it's uh, me and Andy are here now, so we'll, we'll give hey some guys. input. Hello. Hey, We're um, going through McFall's top ten just now. Okay, what number is this in your studio? Uh, that's number ten. This is ten, man. This is ten. Right, so. okay, cool. cool. Number nine. Number nine, we've discussed it in depth, but it was just damn good fun. Thor Ragnarok is at number nope. nine. Hell yeah. Uh, Number eight we haven't talked about, uh, this film you watched today, it was the Marowit Stories, yes. which is a um, super sweet film, really unassuming, uh, Noah Baumbach, who's one of my favourite directors, um, Just a, it, it's really good to see Adam Sandler act and be good again, it's been yeah. a long time, uh, Ben Stiller as well, uh, it's, just, it's just a really sweet film, it feels um, kind of like a spiritual cousin to Royal Tenenbaums, so obviously yeah. I'm, I'm invested. Um, it's on um, Netflix for you, um, <laughs> Watch it. What's it called, sorry? Uh, it's a ridiculous title that is is not helpful. Mayorowitz? 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it, the trailer and stuff for that. It actually yeah. looks quite decent. Yeah. No. It's really good. Really good. Really sweet film. But Adam Sandler always worries me, so sell Adam Sandler to me in this movie. Yeah. I know, but he is excellent because it's not a comedy. It, there are funny moments, but it's a very serious role. If you've seen him in Punch Drunk Love or anything like that, you can you realise the guy's got chops he when he act. actually wants to. Okay. He can act. Yeah, um, it's basically about a dysfunctional artistic family. Um, that's artistic, not autistic. And uh, they uh, a bunch of creatives, <clears throat> and the the damage that is done from from parenting really. Uh, there's there's a, a serious amount of love for an ailing father played by Dustin Hoffman who plays a couldn't give a fuck dad who's incredible um, and <clears throat> yeah it's just it's just a really sweet film man and it's unassuming it's uncompromising it it could it could easily have been a very different film in the hands of a different director that could have been mining for tears or made a very emotional Oscar bait or anything like that but actually it's it's just that people are flawed as simple as that it's good is it yeah. Netflix exclusive yeah <laughs> yeah Netflix original yeah yeah okay. yeah exclusive Cool. Um, yeah, I watched it today, Carl. It's very, it's worth a watch. It's yeah. really enjoyable. No, it's, um, check that out, man. I put it on my, my to do. Yeah, definitely watch it. It's only about now forty minutes long, isn't it? So you know, like, yeah, you know, it's quite lean. Like this year's definitely been a, a year of um, for me films that don't outstay their welcome, and that's that's definitely one of them. It's lean. Yeah, it's just straight to the point. Yeah. welcome this year. Have really outstayed it. Yeah. Don't you fucking dare say Star Wars. Do not Star Wars fucking say Star Wars. You know this. You know this. Star Wars by about an hour. <laughs> yeah, by about an hour. Yeah. So after um, the Mazovich stories number six, I think you're on now, yeah? Yeah, man. Uh, I think so. Seven, actually. Uh, love it. Loving a film recommended by Richard. Superb film. One from Jeff Nichols. <laughs> 
who's an incredible filmmaker. Um, basically, everything he's done has been gold. But this one kind of went under the radar. Didn't get much of a release, I don't think. No, then uh, it's annoying because it got Ruth Negger got an Oscar nomination for it, which I thought would have maybe give it more push. But no, just again, it slipped very quickly past. Was this out early in the year? Loving. I think about February, March yeah, in the year. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I missed, yeah. yeah, the story basically is it's um, it's a couple who who the surname name of the couple is well is loving another sort of the first interracial couple. Is it Washington? Is it Washington State? Uh, Virginia. Virginia, sorry, yeah, West Virginia. Yeah, like yeah. Um, and when they get married, basically they are breaking the law of the land because they are a black couple, a black man, a black woman, and a, a white man. And they're, they're breaking the laws of the land, so the government does everything it possibly can to make sure they are not together. You know, because it upsets the status quo. Mm-hmm. So it's set among, it's set within the whole civil rights um, movement. Right. But, but it boils it down to a very personal story. You know, it's not dealing with the sort of the big issue, which everyone, everyone sort of knows the big issue. Everyone, everyone knows the Martin Luther King stuff. Everyone, yeah. the parts, everyone knows all that. This takes it down to just one simple story. And Who's- the couple in it aren't trying to make a big deal. All they, all they want to do is to be together. And it just it has a real story of love behind yeah. it. And that, Touching to me when I'm watching it. Who's playing the couples? You said Ruth Negger, yeah? And Joe Egerton. All right, okay, that's. And he's very good at it, yeah. yeah. He's really understated, isn't yeah. he? Really understated. Yeah, and she's a really good actress as well, Ruth Negger. Yeah. He's playing like a working man. He's not playing like some sort of like noble character. He's playing a guy who works the land. He's a guy, he's a working class guy who just happens to love his wife. It's a really sweet, lovely film. Just it's a really a, simple film, isn't it? It's just yeah. beautifully told. It feels like a real stripped-down Nichols film. Like just oh. he is letting the story unfold, and it's 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 like a good referee in football. You don't notice them there, Nichols. Oh. But this no, is just like, just letting the story unfold, and you don't really know. There's no bells and whistles. It's just really simple classic storytelling that will probably get better with age, actually. Yeah, really and he's what he can do as well. He's done like sci-fi. He's done one of the best sci-fi films of the last ten years, like last year as well. Stunning film, Midnight yeah. Special. And Midnight Special. And he's also done something Stunning. like it's Shelter, and he's also done something like Mud. The guy's got different. He's got range. He's got. He can do kind of about a bit of everything. To me, he can do anything. He's the new Spielberg. Let's yeah, just... definitely. My mind, he is a new Spielberg. But you can do. He can do pretty much any genre, and he can bring something to it. After loving, um, I've got Logan, which we talked about. Oh, right left. Yep, Logan. Yep. I felt it get to this stage, and then every film is like I, th- I felt a bit bad at being demoted beneath yeah. another film. Been a good year, man. Um, yeah, I a good year. Yeah. Mm, the disaster artist follows. Oh, yep, about length, yeah. A riot. Loved it. Uh, film. We talked about a little bit with Barry, um, Colin's favourite, uh, Dunkirk. Mm. Yeah. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Did really? The big actually going to no, Steen fucking done. No, fuck shit. No. I, love it. I think I think it's Nolan's best film since Memento. I think it's amazing. I, yeah. I, I love it. It's a proper. <laughs> I think he's got the balance perfectly right. A lot of people saying it's not as good as Saving Private Ryan. Well, of course it isn't. No, Empire Ryan is the greatest war film ever made. You know, it's yeah. probably a top ten films of all time of any genre, but it is a completely different film. There's no point trying to remake that film. No, you know, that tone. He's he's gone kind of Terence Malick bereft of characterization, which annoys a lot of people, and I get that. But he's gone for me a, a real mood kind of tonal poem, which sounds so pretentious and awful. Some people hear it just be like, <laughs> I'm never watching that film. But uh, but I just think it's it's a real film about hopelessness and desolation. It, it really captures that feeling of we're fucked um, and Hans Zimmer has just kind of stopped being on autopilot for a while and has, has reinvigorated him too with this really unsettling almost horror score 
Yeah, Zimmer's four. That's the five, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I love that because Zimmer. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like Zimmer. I enjoy his scores, but for the past what ten years, he's been churning out the same thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, he's the same by numbers. He's yeah, he's become a caricature of himself yeah. almost. You can stick the Gladiator soundtrack over pretty much any film Zimmer's done, and it's the same. It will work the same way. It's not yeah, doing yeah. anything different. It's it's mining, for, mining for goosebumps, but I, I, I thought Dunkirk again <laughs> was very much a director's film. There's no yeah. actor that really stands out. Your dislike for Dunkirk, Colin, is, is odd. It's, it, it's very it's, odd. No, it's I'm going to I'm going to jump in. I've not seen it, but about ten people that I know like the same you know type of movie as me have said it's shit. So I'm never going to see it. No, yeah, cool. yeah. I, I'm down with that. I don't like it. No. no. Which number one, Stu? Um, we on number one. My number one. Uh, no. No, we're, we're not number, number one. Are we? Number three. No. Number three. Stop. Well, we talked about all, we talk, we talked about all three guys. So. I feel bad for all of these films. They should all be number one. Oh. Um, I'm going Paddington 2, which is just perfect in every way. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <And> Why? <laughs> it's so good. It no is good. amazing. It is such a beautiful film. It really it is. is. Good. It, just, it, it, it just feels like a John Hughes film. It just feels so warm. I love it. It's beautiful. Beautiful it's filmmaking. It's like it embodies everything that is good about human nature and just this, this compact film about a bear and it just makes you feel like a better person just for seeing that fucking movie. It's so, so good. It's, it's so true. And he makes all the bad people around him better, apart That's, from yeah. um, apart from your man from Doctor Who, Peter mm-hmm. Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Capaldi's softening. I feel Capaldi's softening in that film, though. Slowly but surely. He's become, why, I, why, I, did they, why did they make him Cockney? He's so pure Scottish. <laughs> he's coming through. Um, Stu, did you take the kids to see it? Uh, Hunter went. And uh, yeah, Hunter loved it. Yeah, yeah. Hunter loved it. The eldest loved it. The youngest is too young. Too actually. young to appreciate film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a he's a real letdown. But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the eldest loved it. Absolutely loved it. But um, it seems to be a movie like, like kids, adults. Pensioners. Yeah. It's just a movie. It is like a, a universal movie. It really is. It just. I, I'm so going to protest this. I'm actually going to start my own <laughs> podcast called One Shit Bear and Two Movies. I'm going to go into direct competition with you guys, and I'm just going to spend the whole time slagging off Paddington. Dude, you'll get much hate for that. You'll have a sack full of well, hate mail. In all seriousness, I would probably listen to that podcast. <laughs> just for the controversy. Just two but hours of two hours of ranting against a bear. <laughs> He'll give have you, you watched it? It's so good. It's a, he'll you give, plus, it, if you rant against Paddington, it'll give you a hard stare and that's it. Game over right there. Yeah, hard yeah. stare would fuck you right up at it. Game over. Paddington, <laughs> no, I love Paddington so, so much. It is just a... I can't, I well, can't describe how much I love that film. It's... It's like Home Alone good. Yeah. You know, it's and one of them you just want to... Yeah. It's also up there with, with that kind of legendary status of the second movie being better than the first as well, I would say. Not many of them. Not yeah, many of them. See, I'm kind of I'm screwed now. I've dug a hole because now if I watch it and I like it, <laughs> I need to go back and everything <laughs> I've said. So I'm like, I'm never going to watch it. So. You can never miss yeah, it. Yeah. But um, no, I think it def- the second one, I think, the first one's amazing, but the second one, I think, is better than the first. And yeah, that's a rare it, thing in film nowadays. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And, um, number, number, two. number two, and I feel bad about this not being number one. I will give a bit of context to this. And we kind of touched upon this whole essence of um, when you watch a film, it, sometimes your appreciation for it depends on when you watched it. So I watched this ages ago, but it is the best film I've ever seen in the cinema in terms of the feeling I had after I watched it. So for it to not be number one is a bit ridiculous. Okay. I mean, Baby Driver. Baby, Baby Driver. Driver. 
is, I think, just that we talked about it in length, but I was just buzzing, man. I was driving like mm-hmm. a maniac after the film. Like, who the fuck do I think I am? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Speeding for the air, No, it's a, it's a great movie. It's yeah. a great movie. And it wasn't even TT season, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bad reference. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah, um, man. Uh, Baby Driver was... It was, it was do, do, this year, but do you not think, like, when I seen Baby Driver, it was like, that's the best film I've seen this year. And then it was like, Guardians, fuck, that's the best film I've seen. And it just kept going like that, like, movie after movie. It was like, that's the best film I've seen this year. And that's why Baby Driver didn't make it. Guardians above Baby Driver. Am I putting what? Guardians above Baby Driver. I think I did, yeah. On the list. I, I think I, 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 I did. Guardians anywhere near the top 10, to be honest. Well, Guardians are close to my top 10. Yeah, no, it was definitely. But it was it's just, that's why Baby Driver didn't rate so high for me. It was just, it, it was amazing. And I loved every second of it, but just, these other movies come out and we're just like fuck I love every second of the name even more as well um, Baby Driver just felt like it was fresh and old yeah. at the same time yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and the casting for it was the, the music first of all the, the, the choreography yeah. like, all the kind of sounds oh, the soundtrack is genius absolutely genius. amazing that's, that's been mentioned earlier yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh, the soundtrack definitely elevates it in the same way that Tarantino did with his yeah. prime it, it, it gives it, it, it gives it's a coolness it gives it it's, it's got a coolness yeah, it's cool. that's what it is it's yeah. a cool fucking film that, that's it it's 100%. just pure cool as fuck yeah which is why John Hamm's in it. He's the epitome of cool, isn't it? You know, I've um, never really seen John Hamm before Baby Driver, and since then, yeah, he's like one of the coolest guys I've ever seen, and that's like my only exposure to him. Um, so that says a lot for his his screen presence as well. I'd totally fuck him. You could turn me. <laughs> uh, and number one, <laughs> my number one uh, is Get Out. Actually, uh, oh. Get Out. And for me, it was the, the only thing that separated. There, there are two mate, one minor thing and one major. The, the difference between Baby Driver and Get Out is I felt as buzzing and invigorated watching Get Out at home as I felt yep. watching Baby Driver in the cinema because for me the cinema adds adds something to mm. a film yeah, it's so great. you watch yeah. Get Out at home and it gives you that same vitality and buzz then there's something incredible about it yeah it's done something yeah. magical do you know yeah. what I really wanted to love that but you Colin you went with Maddie and, sister, and my sister and um, you both I think you both bigged it up so yeah. much that my expectations were too high and it didn't think so, reach yeah. it yeah so you were underwhelmed Andy you were yeah. underwhelmed because your expectations were yes. ridiculous yeah the way they described it I was like wanting my, my mind blown and yeah. I was just like yeah it's good because four of us went to see it and we were all buzzing about it afterwards and telling everybody to watch it and I told uh. Andy all about how amazing it was and stuff like that so I think yeah there definitely was a, a set of precedent that was maybe kind of fucking you know how's this movie going to meet that the thing is I've somehow avoided it or yeah I only watched it last week right and um yeah and I so maybe that's what I was saying earlier about it being a bit more fresh um Baby Driver probably is in all honesty, my favourite film of the year, but Get Out was the most the most fresh I felt in terms of just like just completely flying. Just I I didn't know where he got those ideas from. I knew nothing. All I knew that it was a vague film by Jordan Peele about racism in America. You know that that was that was all I knew. I didn't know anything else about it. No, um, it was like in a cinema when we seen it. You're on the edge of your seat mostly. You're just kind of. Waiting yeah. for them to Where's just, it going? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's definitely quite fresh and unique. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Different vision. Yeah. yeah. They're the words I'd use exactly. Fresh and unique, definitely. Um, so that that's why it's my number one. But I can completely understand why Baby Driver would be one otherwise. And I, if you ask me tomorrow, Baby Driver could be one. <laughs> no, dude, that's it's a good choice for for top movie. I would not dispute that at all. That's good, man. Cool. Remember your top ten. We're going to go into my top ten. 
No, because I'm going to come from my own home. Um, do you, uh, fuck right. Do you know? Do you know what? You could I quickly go off and a wee sidetrack here, as as I do when I come on board and fucking. Okay, we do what we're drinking. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the fridge, I had. Ask me what I'm drinking, Richard. What are you drinking, Paul? I was meant to be drinking Innocent Gun, but I grabbed the wrong bottle and I'm drinking Coors. Fuck. <laughs> that is a big mistake you've made. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, oh, but... Can, can I do mine? Yeah. And I'm Andrew's... drinking beer deluxe As French own. lager, um, 2.57 for four from Asda. From, Thanks. But advertising as well. Yeah, I, was, I only noticed halfway through the bottle, but it wasn't my innocent gun, and I'm a bit disappointed, so I'm going yeah. to have that soon. Anyway, um, Richard, are you drinking beer? No, I'm not. Stuart, are you drinking beer? Yeah, I've got a punk IPA, dude. Nice. nice That's a classy nice. beer, dude. That's really classy right Collins list um, so at number 10 um, I had it wrong yep. oh sorry carry on <laughs> it, it was number 10 um, I'm, I, as we kind of learned on a previous podcast I'm a fucking massive 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 Stephen King fanboy um, and I was I've been anticipating you're outrageous in Stephen King man like your knowledge of Stephen King was off the charts oh I do that proper most of our childhood was watching or reading Stephen, Stephen King, King yeah but I mean? totally uh, King's fucking whores, that's, that's totally what we are. Um, so it coming out was just like, you know, the anticipation of it, and then when it actually came out and it met all his expectations, was just fucking wow, totally amazing. Um, so, I think I wasn't following that that film wasn't even the best Stephen King adaptation this year. What did you say? It wasn't the best? No, it was no, no. I think it's possibly out with the stand. Um, I would maybe say it's been the best ad- adaptation. Yeah. I'd put it above the stand. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Gary Sinise, Smaller Ringgold. Yeah, yeah. You don't I was gutted there was no child OG scene. Apparently, yeah, the original script did have it in it, but it got vetoed because it's bad or something. Did they have that? Did they have that in the 90s one as well? No. 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 I will argue that um, Gerald's game this year was a better Stephen King adaptation. I'm going to honestly did not like it, Richard. Honestly, (laughs) I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and I just I thought it was really dull and boring and didn't do it for me, buddy. No, that totally engaged me. I was absolutely on board with that one. But saying that, I'm drinking 257 Lager. So, so as a my opinion is not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're taking some <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I really liked it. I think the, the thing I liked least about it, strange enough, was um, at times Bill Skarsgård's makeup, kind of the Bugs Bunny teeth put me off, but that yeah. that was that's the only real criticism I could find. It was strange, wasn't it? It was a yeah. strange design choice, but... Yeah. I kind of get it because he, he still has to look friendly to the kids. He can't just look all scary or the kids aren't going to be tempted to, to approach him. And, yeah. you know what I mean? But, um, th- that's my single criticism of that film. Other than that, I fucking absolutely loved it. What do you reckon about... My, 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 I thought it was too much Pennywise. I thought the bit of the kid the kids aspect was incredible, but it, the horror aspects were a bit generic. Um, I liked... I think I said this back when we were talking about it, but I, I liked how they used... Um, they used scale, like the bit where he came out of the projector and he yeah, was this yeah. massive fucking 20 foot clown with these wee kids I, I thought that was quite that was fresh good. using perspective but yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a scary film and a lot of people were saying beforehand it's scary, it's frightening, there's no jumps in it at all, you know, it, it, it just kind of misses the jumps and because I suppose it's, it's hard. by me with a clown, I thought Yeah, um, 
I think the problem is, is how do you scare people anymore? It's it's fucking impossible to scare people because I agree with what Richard said on that. If you take it more as a, a kind of cousin to like stand by me, as more a kind of child character study, it's mm. a better movie uh-huh. it's, than a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. The, those aspects were the best bits of the film, and they're kind of the real fears were their manifestations of their own issues. Yeah, yeah, neurosis, growth. Yeah, yeah, that that was a scarier threat than, than Pennywise potentially yeah definitely I, mean, I, I, I didn't feel I, I mean I'm immune to horror anyway but there was, wasn't any bits at all where I thought that's that's horrible do you know what I mean at all There's nothing scary about it you're immune um, to horror the howling well, you fuck, have to bring up the off. howling don't talk about the howling don't I need right, to sleep then, tonight. Don't, don't, don't make bold statements like I'm immune to the fucking horror. Well, apart from the fucking howling, right, I'm immune okay. to horror. Um, right, the howling's horrible. That's fucking scary. Next one. I, I, for me personally, I'm concerned where they're going with the sequel because without the charm of the kids, I think it would be quite a lifeless film. Cast, I, don't know what I think that's going to come down to casting. That's how, that's how the, yeah. the older one suffered as well. The kids' part was great, but the adult part, not so good. Yeah, when you held yeah. it. Feels like it could be a weird kind of clown version of Sleepers. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they put on jumpsuits and just smash his face in with a baseball bat. <laughs> Movie over, 10 minutes in, we're fucking done. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a genius for me to win. Just why are you beating that clown up? He's a paedophile. That's right. Number nine yeah. on my list, Stu, sorry, is um, Baby Driver. Um, it, it, it made it to the list. And as that I say, low? That low? But when, as I say, when I did see it, it was like, this is the best film I've seen this year. And unfortunately... Yeah, but the podcast with you and Richard, you absolutely... Fucking... And I still do. I mean, I've seen it two or three times since. And every time, I absolutely adore it. And I'll watch it again and again. I'll never get bored of watching it. Um, but just a, a few more films just kind of come in and, and kind of stole, stole its thunder, I think. Um, yeah, number eight um, that, that came in, and I'm surprised at myself that this isn't up here in the kind of top three is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Guardians yeah, I, was amazing. I loved the first one. I, I, I thought it was a bit try hard, actually. The second yeah. one. I watched it on Christmas Day, actually. I, I rewatched it on Christmas Day, and I think I texted you, you and I said, see the opening of yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with Incredible. Yeah. Baby Groot dancing while the um, the battle goes on behind him. Mm. That is like one of the most ballsy openings you've ever seen in the film. It's, it's so confident, it's so clever, it's so well done, but then the rest of the film just becomes really sort of dull. But they, just, they jump around, they go to like 20 different planets, yeah. and get so much and I, just, I, just, I lost interest. I think the problem is, is that was last year I had, but I, just, I didn't really care about what was going on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I thought it was a bit of a slog by the end, but the opening gambit is incredible. Yeah. I think the problem is, is because we had Guardians two years before and it was so different. Is that yeah. comparison? So if you're getting comparing it to the original film, you're the original's to, so fresh and great. You're, you're going to fall I short don't. anyway. Yeah, and I think I went yeah, in I'm thinking. I'm not comparing it to the original. I'm just comparing it to a decent, a good film, and I thought it failed to be a really enjoyable film. I thought it was, just, it, was like, it was solid without being really putting itself ahead of anything. Dude, it's got a talking raccoon in it. Fuck's sake! I, I mean, I'm all for. <laughs> How many more talking raccoons have you seen this year? Yeah, talking raccoon in the first one. If you're going to make me watch a second one and make it <laughs> twenty minutes longer, if you're going to make it longer than the first one, you've got to make me want to stay and watch it for longer. But and it, it did introduce like, the world I, to I, fucking. I it introduced the world to Baby Groot. So it, well, the first one introduced the world to Baby Groot, to be honest. Not, not, yeah. not, no, not in the same way. But now I've got a proper Baby Groot with badass attitude. But no, um, I'm surprised at myself because I thought it would have been way higher, and it came in at number eight. Um, again, number seven, shockingly enough, because um, I fucking. 
pretty much gushed about this and fucking wet myself is Paddington 2 at number 7 yep be way um, higher. Be way uh, higher. Number six. Wanted to be higher. I love Pat. Number six um, was the big sick. I don't know if it made anyone else's list or not. It, did, it made one other person's list, I think. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Jill's list. Yeah, Jill's yeah. list. Um, I, I, really, I really liked it. It uh, was it was definitely like 11 or tw- probably 12 for me. It yeah. was very good. Yeah, very good. it just had loads and loads of heart and, and the shooting really sweet. was perfect. Yeah. The performances were just spot on. And funny, you just, yeah. Yeah. funny enough, though, Paddington 2 and Big Sick, they mm-hmm. kind of go together in my mind really well. <laughs> just, just in your mind, though. Um, no, so the Big Sick was number six. Um, have, have we spoke about Wind River yet? No one's talking about Wind River. No one's talking about Wind River. I'm going to fucking talk about Wind River. There you go. Um, Wind River was number five for me. Um, Richard, I think you'd seen this a good few weeks before me, and you'd kind of said it was a solid film, really enjoyable. Um, you it's know. solid up until the finale, I thought. Well done. It, it kind of changes pace and it becomes, yeah, it, it kind of switches gears and yeah. becomes a different film. But I, I, I really engaged in it. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Renner, um, yeah. not not just because he's Hawkeye, but also because he's Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> but I'm a massive fan of Renner. And I'm, I thought, gay for him. <laughs> I'm gay for him. Um, and I thought he just he, he gave it everything he had. Um, it was. Uh, I like Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth what? Olsen. Makes yeah, the Olsen triplet. Yeah, is, yeah. is she a triplet or a twin? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. She's, she's not. She's the talented one. Yeah, she, yeah. She was amazing. She's and a a, Actress. Um, every, I mean, yeah, every, everyone in it brought their A game to it, and I just, it, I thought you, you kind of felt the coldness of the scenery, and you felt the isolation of these uh-huh. people, and you felt the struggles, and it, it just kind of caught me in a really, really big way. Um, so yeah, number five for me was was Wind River. Uh, number, yeah, I, thought f- Sol- I thought solid Wind River. I think it was a bad film. I thought it was one of those ones you watch on BBC One at eleven o'clock at night on a Friday mm-hmm. after the pub, and you're watching. You go, that's a fine film, but it's not going to make any sort of list for me. It's just it's a, it's a solid. Yeah. No one comes out it badly from it. Everyone comes out intact. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, unre- it's unremarkable for you. Yeah, just a three star movie. To me. Uh, a, a solid okay. three star movie. Um, have you okay. seen it as well, Stu? Yeah. No, mate. No, I, I really want to. Uh, I really want to. No, definitely uh, catch it, buddy. It's some some film. Um, it's worth watching, but. Just not spectacular. He wrote Sicario, though, didn't he? So that yeah, he wrote Sicario, and he yeah. wrote uh, something else, uh, Hell of High Water, as well, which I thought was phenomenal. And this was, was his first. Good, it was good but unintelligible. I liked Hell of High Water, but I couldn't understand what any fucker was saying. So it was like you came to to visit us in Scotland. That, that <laughs> type of vibe. What the hell, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was that was also his directorial debut as well. And yep. what a fucking yeah. sterling job he done. I thought. And if he yeah, keeps this up, if he gets better, then you know, well, um, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, I'm going to quickly do this one because I, I don't want to fucking get bogged down with Richard's nonsense. Who's going to um, be so angry Number the Last Jedi? Number four, <laughs> yeah, number four's The Last Jedi. Uh, number three was The Florida Project. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Touche. Um, Florida Project came in at number three. Um, have we all seen that? Yeah, no, man. But you're putting that above... You're putting that above Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right, we'll leave this for a later discussion. We'll leave this for two brothers in a fist fight. <laughs> right, okay. on. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a ripped out of Jedi. That's why I'm not going to dwell on it. Um, Florida Project was just a, an amazing piece of filmmaking. Um, yep. it just, it's just one of these slice of life films. It's just like here you go. Here's people. Here's their fucking lives. Take it and and go. And by the end of it, you know, you just like your mind's just spinning and turning it over and you want to discuss it you want to chat about it and you want to learn more about 
Florida and the kind of place you're in and stuff like that. It was just an amazing film and Willem Dafoe, um, although not the best actor, he was the best actor in it. He's not the only good actor in it, but he lifted the whole movie to a level that was just mind blowing. He's just such an interesting actor, isn't he? Yeah. So interesting Complete. to watch. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the perfect description of Willem Dafoe. He's captivating no matter what. Uh, he's doing, yeah, yeah. Where's he going to go? Exactly. It's yeah. that face, just everything he's doing. You just you're always engaged. Even when he's doing nothing, you're kind of watching him because it's. like He's going to do something, yeah. He's just where's he going to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, I really need to see this film, and right. it's the, everything you're saying, Cole, is kind of echoed earlier in the yeah. in the, the talks. So I, I need to see it. I nah, to see it. I, knew, I know you've got the media background the same as Richard, and I think you uh, and Richard will probably appreciate it more as a movie technically yeah. than, than I probably ever could as well because I'm like kind of lame in movie gore but no I, th- I think dude you need to see it I think you really but it, it hit you in special. the heart with the kids and stuff like ah, that, de- that, definitely seeing kids yeah yeah, yeah, okay. yeah there's one scene with the kids in particular when you your, your, your heart will both break and you want to shout at the screen yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't handle that shit man no, no, it's like kids having just, kids I'm a shambles no no it's not that it's just, with the young kids you're like, you're like, you just have nothing but terror for them yeah. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Absolutely. Yeah, um, I need to watch this. By it's some I need to, some yeah. film, and it's the same people that done good. Tangerine as well. Um, if you've yeah. not seen Tangerine, watch that as well. Tangerine's amazing. Yeah, so Tangerine's a, so good. Yeah, yeah. and you kind of know it's the same style. You know, it's a bigger budget, but the same style. So you know what you're kind of in for as well, and you've got that same level. Of, you know, like, I suppose their hearts are in it so so much that they're going to give you a good movie regardless. Absolutely brilliant. Right, number. Two um, for Ragnarok, which was number one up until I seen my number one movie, and then it became number two. Um, for Ragnarok, just had it all, didn't it? Like Big Sweaty Man, Hulk, for Schumer by the fucking barrel load, um, and it was just so much fun. So much absolutely, fun. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the point of movies is to be fucking entertained, and if Four Ragnarok yeah, yeah. didn't do that, then Jesus, totally. you missed a yeah. me. What, what? Uh, yeah, Ragnarok, Ragnarok is probably the best. Um, popcorn film this year, like oh, pure. For, for sure. Yeah. What, what more worries me is that, that, like, of all the good things about that movie, the first thing you took away was big sweaty men. That's, <laughs> that's so wrong, brother. So wrong. I took away big sweaty men. <laughs> I'm just Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Is, he's, he's a big man, and he, he was cut his hair. Oh my! <laughs> yeah, he was sweaty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you had Mark Ruffalo, who's a big sweaty man who becomes an even bigger sweaty man it's like fuck's sake how much sweaty men <laughs> so you many take? sweaty men <laughs> too many sweaty men um, and number one for Colin was um, The Disaster Artist which just totally yeah, man. totally nice. have you seen it Stu? yeah it's incredible brilliant yeah, yeah. And do you know what it's the most I've laughed this year um, the whole cinema everybody laughed at the, the, yeah, the right points and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's just constant joke after joke after joke, and at no point. How good is James Franco though? Like he's, to, to, yeah, as an actor, like yeah. He's, he's, he's done. You know, if Eddie Redmayne can win for being Hawking, why can't Franco win for I being th- Tommy? I think he you deserves. I think he deserves it. Him or, or Davis supporting as well. Could both of them are yeah. amazing together? And I've not seen it yet, and I'm dying to. But from what I've read, that this was his his project. This was his baby. Right. He put everything into this. Very much so, mate. Very but, much so. I think the thing is, is it'd be so easy to make like a caricature or spoof movie of Tommy, and and they didn't. They do it with so much love and, and adulation, and 
there's nothing but respect for the material there, do you know what I mean? So they don't go in and just rip this guy yeah, in your asshole. Yeah. It's like proper, you know, they make him a believable and lovable character. It's not making fun of the fact no, that this de- movie, the room's not. terrible it's and, ju- and whatever. It's full yeah. of love, man, yeah. Well, you want to be on that set. That's that's the biggest compliment I can give. You want yeah. to be on that set as a fly on the wall. Right? Yeah, for sure. Constantly, you're just thinking, how did this happen? None of this makes sense. This is amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> it was it's just so good. There was no. just so much laughter. Honestly, see, I mean, the film ran for just over ninety minutes, and honestly, for about seventy minutes, you're just laughing. You're dying all, you're all dying. the time. Well, I'm, I'm dying to see it. I, yeah. I genuinely wish I'd have seen it before we made this list because I know it would have been on be, there. Be on you the list. Uh, definitely. And uh, do you know what I do? Stu, what you were saying, I hope it wins an Oscar because it would be such a Absolutely. It'd be so ironic if uh, Tommy's there picking up an Oscar on the stage. It would be so ironic. It uh, would just be, I just implode with joy. <laughs> totally, it would be perfect. <laughs> it would just what a way to go. Do you know what I mean? Like worst, one of the worst movies ever. Fucking winning an Oscar for the oh, yeah. of that movie. Would just there be, you go, Richard. That's something for the three beers in a movie Twitter. You can start a wee hashtag campaign. Hashtag disaster artist for Oscars. I don't think it needs it. I think it's pretty much a front runner already. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's right up there already. It's getting massive reviews. For yeah, I know. I just wanted to plug that you're on Twitter, but we're we, are, we, are. <laughs> we are on Twitter. Um, mainly for directing, I believe, and also for Franco as an actor. That's the sort of two things that are getting pushed quite heavily. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, I'd go with that. And see, I would even go as far as to give Dave an odd as well, because I thought Dave done. He is good. He's a likable wee actor. Big puppy, isn't he? He's yeah. beautiful, yes. No, he's great. Ever should have been. He's just so good. cute. And Remember, we were talking just... about him. Um, he basically got his kind of break on Scrubs. He was meant mm. to be replacing Zach Braff as yeah. the main character, and yeah. he just never took off. Yeah. Uh, he's, ch- he's just he's an amazing actor. He's brilliant. I've watched him. Um, so that, that's. Jump Street, very good. Very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Warm Bodies as well. Warm Bodies. Yeah. I've not seen Warm Bodies. Um, I want to see that. Um, and really good. Now you see me, and now you see me too. He was in um, Nerve. Nerve as well. Shit. Yeah, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, he can, can do shit as well as good stuff. As well, we, right, we, we, we love yeah, Dave yeah. Franco. Um, right. Um, whose list is whose list is next, Andy's? Um, Andy. See, to be honest, everyone in this group should know that mine's just going to be like a total nerd list. It's going to be every Marvel. Do you know what I mean? Movie that's on there, and you've probably talked about them all, so I'll just cut just to it. it. I'll, it. I'm going to skip to the end, but then talk about one movie. I'll skip to the end. My number one was Ragnarok, of course. Um, of course. Absolutely loved nice. it. It's just such a. Amazing, right? I just didn't expect it because obviously the first two kind of Thor movies were not bad movies, or the kind of weaker. It's the weaker kind of franchise out of that, do you know what I mean? And they just like. My God, he just lifted it so much and put so much humour and heart and kind of love into it, and it really shone through. Um, Andy, I can't say that. Andy, I can tell you on your list, there's at least there's three films on your list that are not on anyone else's list. Interesting. Right, <laughs> right. probably one of them will definitely be um, Shin, Shin Godzilla. Shin Godzilla's on it, yeah, and that's no one else's list, but it should be on mine. It's a phenomenally good Japanese Godzilla. Um, if you don't know, Shin Godzilla was basically just their reboot of Godzilla. Um, they decided to reboot it with a kind of modern kind of retelling of it. And, and my God, it's just Godzilla done right how it should be done. Godzilla's not even... It's more a political thriller, isn't it? That's uh, the point, to make a political thriller out of Godzilla. Exactly. Godzilla's not yeah. even technically like the main star or kind of in it, no. you know, but it's just... It's like, it's like in the loop, but with Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Point of it. 
And it sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, it really is. See, to describe it as basically just government officials and whatever talking in a room for most of it, there's like two set pieces, you know, one's like in this room and it sounds so boring to describe it, but it's captivating. You're just like, you know, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. It was just genius, genius. So was um, it kind of imagining the idea that in a kind of bureaucratic society, Godzilla comes into play and how they deal with that? Is yeah, that it's basically the government just like total flapping. How do we deal with Godzilla? Right. And they don't know how to deal with it, but honestly, if you've not seen it, if you've not seen it, I'd have a I'd definitely check it out. It's great. Yeah, no, man, um, I haven't seen it. I take, on Blu-ray now. Try and find it on Blu-ray. I think it'll be fantastic on Blu-ray. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think the other two you'd be talking about, Richard, would be Gifted and Lego Batman. I mean, I was surprised at Gifted, to be honest, because um, it's a sweet film, but I think that that falls into the same place that we're calling with um, the Big Sick. It's just a really sweet, charming film. That's really all it is. And if you've got a daughter. Maybe you'll get a lot more out of it because of that. No, do you know what it is for me? It's like I've got very, I'm even more lame in terms than Colin. I've got very simple rules. Like if a movie's got like the force, on one. yeah, 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 exactly, buddy. So for me, if a movie's got superheroes, aliens, you know, monsters or Jedi in it, I'm going to love it. So when I watch a film like The Gifted, I go in with kind of quite low expectations, not expecting to love it, and it just. Maybe because I've got a daughter, but it just absolutely touched me. I thought it was a really kind of beautiful, well-made movie, you know? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a very sweet, a very charming film. It's, again, it's one of those ones you watch again on like, I mean, a Boxing Day afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but nothing wrong with it. Just a solid, well-done film. But if you can get to it, maybe on a more personal level, if you have got kids, if you've had... So is, is the kid just like a child genius? What, what What's going on with yeah, the kid? basically right, a child okay. genius. Grown up with her, uh, her brother, her state, her uh, uncle. Uncle, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the okay. uh, grandma wants to take her away to like, become a child prodigy, essentially. But she wants to stay with the grand, uh, with the uncle, and all to like sort of just be with him because that's who she loves. And just him trying to prove that she, he's a good father to and things like that. Yeah, the, even though he's... Act, though. Yeah, yeah. He can, yeah, straight. I mean, he's Captain yeah, America. Yeah. He's always basically like, yeah. him, like, he's, you know, your typical kind of, like, he's getting no money, Every crappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's yeah. just, like, trying to prove that it doesn't matter, he doesn't have the money, he knows what's best for this little girl, despite her kind of, you know, intelligence and gifts. Uh-huh. It's, it's really nice. Although there is a few scenes where he does do, like, a couple of wee nods or looks, or, and it's, like, pure it's Captain Cap- America. Yeah, you're like, fuck, yeah. that's Captain America. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, we like smug look, you're like, fuck yeah, Cap. You know what yeah, you're doing. Get the <laughs> yeah, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, every movie on my list, I'm fairly sure has been talked about tonight, apart from Lego Batman. And genuinely, I just thought it's funny. It's just genius. Fun. Just such good humour and such good fun. You know, I, um, I wasn't that enamoured by it. Um, no, no. the weakest of the the, the Lego like, films, though, for me. I, I love the first one. It's kind of been a diminishing return since then yeah. for me. It's. It, yeah, I know, I know what you're getting at. I think the humour is mm. definitely not as... It's different humour from the actual Lego movie, but I, I don't know. I just thought it was like... I, I, maybe controversial, but I was never a fan of the whole Dark Knight trilogy. Um, Justice League... Yeah, yeah, Justice League. And, you know, it was just good to see a Batman that, as stupid as it sounds, even though it's a tiny Lego Batman, a Batman that I enjoyed on screen for the first time in years. That actually, I'm like, there's Batman. I'm enjoying this movie. It's a Batman movie, you know? Um, I hadn't had yeah. that since the, the Michael Keaton and Tim Burton. Right, I'm going to quickly go over um, Lorraine's list. Have we done that? Who are you? Um, yeah, I think, I think everyone on Lorraine's list has already been touched on, to be honest, dude. We right. can run through it very quickly. Yeah, I'll just quickly just kind of spit it out there to see what it is. Um, so, Lorraine's list, um, she had number 10 for Logan. Yep. Um, number 10, she had, number 9, sorry, she had Mother. Anyone? That's, 
Mother was close on mine. Mother is one of those films you will talk about at great length afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, loved Mother. I loved it's hard it. It's to justify I, it on a top ten list. I because think of that. Lorraine's quite. Compared to me, she she's she's like quite cerebral. I'm an idiot, and she's cerebral. So she kind of she's, she's esoteric and cerebral. So she's like in that. Pro- yeah, she she totally. Yeah, you know she analyzed and she kind of got it and she tuned into the, the metaphors. With no, her it's, it's on my to watch list. Yeah. Thanks to Richard, he genuinely built a case for yeah, it. Made me really want to see it. I, I can't know. sell shit. Um, but no, she's really. And number eight was Guardians for Lorraine. Lorraine's not a Marvel person at all until she started seeing me. And I've kind of got her more and more into it. So for her to put Guardians on her top ten was like fuck well. Um, number seven was Colossal from Lorraine. Yes. Which again, I don't know if it's anyone a, else it's had It's a good that. movie. Good yeah. movie. I um, have it on my list. It was on yours. Oh, as well. did you? Uh, wait, what number was that, buddy? Uh, num- number ten on my list. Um, I thought it was a, again much like the big sick away. It's, it's a very, it's a very, cl- it's a clever idea for a start. Not like the big sex cover. It's a clever idea. In the oh yeah. What it, yeah. What it yeah. does that sweet way in a really charming way in a really interesting way that you feel like you don't really know what's coming a lot of the time yeah it's a very subdued humour though I thought yeah Yeah. and a really dark twist towards the end of it as well yeah it gets quite horrible at times it goes nasty like fuck Um, and also I like it was the first film we reviewed on this podcast and we got a retweet from the director as well which was uh, number six is a stop um, number six is Logan Lucky. Did anyone else have Logan Lucky on there? Good movie. Uh, Chris Hilton had it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Nearly Chris made Hilton. my list. It was nearly ten. Yeah. Um, didn't quite. I, I don't know. I liked it, but it didn't. It wasn't in my top ten or top twenty. Maybe, but yeah, it was enjoyable. Um, number five, Wind River. Um, we seen it together, so I don't know if you get that whole kind of two people watch the same film. You kind of come out with the same same kind of feelings on it and thoughts, perhaps. Um, but we both really enjoyed that. Number four for Ragnarok. Uh, number three, Stu, she put Get Out as number three. Um, she really enjoyed that. Uh, number two was The Florida Project, and number one was The Disaster Artist. And again, we've both seen these movies together, so we probably came out on a high for the movie. But you're saying that couples are psychic? Not that they're psychic, but you tend to you tend to agree with your better half because if you want to, you know, have sex. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Relations and right, stuff. Right, yeah. It's probably not wise to piss off your better half. Stu, would you agree with that? 100% no. Rich? No, not even, not even. <laughs> Dude, no, don't. Do you He's compromised for me, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but we should. It's, it's, I think it's just seen the films. You come out, we both discuss them and stuff yeah. like that, and you know, that, that's kind of why we'll pick up and, you know, we kind of lift each other's kind of pins on them and stuff like that as well. So, so, I think, I think that's so it's, it's different from everyone else's. Jill, yeah, go on. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 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 She had number 10, Manchester by the Sea. Which i never seen and I'm desperate to fucking see it. I need to watch that because Michelle... Michelle it's Williams enough this year. It's a beautiful film. I know. That was devastating. Well, Michelle Williams is in it, I think. She's amazing, yeah, so yeah. I'm yeah. gutted up. You can watch it on Godi. Yeah, we'll watch it. on Amazon now as well. Um, uh, number 9, she had Dinkup. Nice. No. Uh, number 8, the controversial one, she had Daddy's Home too. Jesus. Do you know what? It's her list if she liked Jill, it. Then, good fair for play. you, pal. The first one was funny, and it's nice to just go watch a film that makes you fucking laugh, and that's it. That's, you know, that's, you want to come out of a movie feeling happy, uh-huh. then, you know, fucking yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. And then she had, a, then she had, a, she had a dog's purpose after that. Which was sweet as well. I really enjoyed Which that. I, I liked, <laughs> yeah. I liked, but. It's probably in my top 1,000, not yeah. quite the top no, 10. Man. It was touching all my... Jill, I, I teared up a wee bit, so I did, so yeah. I nearly uh, cried. She also had the big sick on there as well. Yep, brilliant. Nice. 
Um, she also really liked Kingsman the Golden Circle, which I didn't really like at all. The I, thought really... I thought it was awful. I yeah, liked yeah. the first one. I liked it up until I, I've not the seen whole... it yet, guys, but I'm not I'm not excited to right. see it either. Yeah. You know okay. I mean? Did you like the first one, dude? Well, I loved it, loved it, mate, loved it. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch no, it. No, <laughs> don't. It's not as good. I think it's it's that that's in where you, the bar's so high for the first one. You've got to go in with low expectations. You've got to, or you'll hate it, I think. And I nah, think... I went in knowing that I went in with kind of thinking it's it's not going to be anywhere near as good and do you know what I came out thinking it was alright because of that right yeah. cool yeah again yeah. um, she has I think what I talked about already she had Logan at number 4 nice she had Thor Ragnarok at number 3 Chris Hemsworth yes. biceps hell yeah. yeah she had Baby Driver at number 2 and she had La La Land at number one. Do you know what? Good show. That's, yeah. that's a really good list. That's yeah, a really good list from Jill. I like that. I'm just saying, Richard, you can tell who the emotional one is in the relationship. I'm just I'm just saying. Do you want to know my list then? <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, well, number 10, I had Colossal. Uh, number 9, John Wick, Chapter 2. Cool, cool. Almost made mine. Just dropped off to it. That was on. That's the film I probably for pure enjoyment. It's just it's completely insane, completely nuts. But I just I embraced it instantly and just loved. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just switched yeah. the brain off. It's one and of those good films. Times. Shit, date work. You watch John Wick, and you know what? Doesn't matter anymore. Uh-huh. Exactly. exactly. I know it's not. I know it's not that clever. I know it's not that smart. But everything in it, I thought was brilliantly done. It's fun. We seen it. Me and Lorraine seen it in 4DX. Yeah, and I honestly, it was like a fucking train ride. It was just violent as fuck. We were just getting thrown about everywhere and punched in the back and water on us and all sorts of madness. Um, and it was great, great fun in 4DX. Number eight was Logan. Yep. Um, number seven was Dunkirk. <sighs> Fuck's sake. Paul's favourite. Yep. Number six was Death of Stalin. What? Again, I missed and I really wanted to see. Was, yeah. Michael, was Michael Palin good in it? Michael Pill was excellent. The whole yeah. film was fantastic. Yeah. It's just, it's so I'm, I'm just a huge Armando Iannucci fan. I need to see that film. Yeah. This, this is what I'll... That's what I like about lists. See, we curveballs like that where someone's got one that no one else has got. Yeah, I, love that. I want to see yeah. that as well. That'd be my favourite film too. Um, no, I really want to catch up with that. Um, what's next, buddy? Next after Death Star is Free Fire, which I'm surprised wasn't anybody else's list. I Free was Fire. really... Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. The director. I love him. Yeah. Um, Richard had been going about this film for like fucking the past 18 months um, re- relentlessly going about it and I was so pumped to go and see it and I think just with like kind of family and shit getting yeah. in the way I never got to catch it and Sorry was, who was in it Stu? Who did you say you loved? Uh, the director I, I just love the director I right. love him the, a mass, he's an absolute genius yeah. Ben Wheatley um, Yeah yeah Ben Wheatley that's the man Alright cool um, for me, the, kill list is, the kill list is one of the best British films ever made. It's it's kind of like the Wicker Man meets uh, I don't know a, a, a kind of gritty British crime thriller. So you just don't know where it's going. It's just genre hopping. Um, it's just done some really interesting stuff like Sightseers as well. Yeah. You guys seen that? What was the one um, he done with um, Hiddleston recently? What was High that? Rise. High Rise. Up. High That's High still, Rise. I still don't really understand. You were really confused by that. I remember I st- you telling me yeah, about I it. Yeah, I still am confused, but it was a great movie and it's so interesting. And it's one of those yeah. ones where you catch enough of it where you think, I kind of know what it's about, but you just think but about you need that. But you need your blockbusters, then you need your, your movies that are going to have you thinking and talking, yeah. like that ghost story. And, and you know, he's, he's a, yeah. He is a cerebral director. He kind of, you know, he, 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 oh, he, 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 he yeah. makes demands on you, and it's good. You know, he's like, you know, if you're going to watch my films, then you know, you need to fucking think about it because it, yeah, yeah. it's not an easy ride, and it's, it's, he's a better director for it, definitely. Sorry, Richard. No, Sorry, on you go, buddy. Um, 
stuff I've talked about before anyway, it's um, Get Out. I really enjoyed that. Yep. Um, then after that is Loving, which I thought was like just beautiful mm-hmm. uh, piece of filmmaking. Uh, number two is Paddington 2, and number one was Baby Driver. Yeah. I'm glad we agree that Paddington 2 is number two. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you need, um, watch, you need to watch Paddington before you fucking shit on that yeah. bear. I don't need to do nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's the best wee bear in the world. It really is gorgeous. Overall, overall just discussing um, 2017 as a, film, a filmatic year, would you mm. think of it? Really good. For a geek, uh, yeah, from yeah. a geek perspective, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. A good geek, yeah. Um, I think a, I think a ghost story needs to be mentioned. I, I really well, enjoyed that. I was going to talk about honourable mentions in a minute. Um, oh I was, shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, that edited out. I was, I was actually going to pay homage to that fall. movie, and for the last ten minutes of the podcast, I'm just going to eat a pie. <laughs> 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 it's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So you, so we get a good film year this year. You happy with the year? Um, I'm, Much I'm, better than last for me. Yeah. 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 And I'm with Stu, I think this year's been, it, like I say, for me it's been a succession of this is the best film I've seen this year. Fuck, no it's not, this is the best film and it's just built and yeah, all, yeah. All, every movie yeah, I've seen has yeah. almost surpassed the previous one. And, you know, to kind of go from Guardians being your favourite movie to like halfway down your list is fucking insane. You know, it was so tough, tough, it was so tough to make that list because it has been such a good yeah, year. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Very quickly, just off the top of your head, the worst film you saw this year. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> you know Jesus. what? Right, Dunkirk was pish. Ah, um, was, what yeah. the... That's D- Dunkirk was a big pile of steaming shit. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll see you and I'll raise you, Last Jedi. Yeah. Fuck no, <laughs> Last Jedi's right. like genius. I don't know about worst, but the most disappointing was uh, the, the Netflix one, Circle. Um, that was so. I was re- I really sold it, and I was so looking forward to it. And it was just such a, a letdown. Um, also, just recently, I only watched this um, the other day. Was <laughs> Bright? Was if, if, you, if you've seen Bright yet, we'll discuss that next week. Right. Okay. Um, well, that's kind of yeah. We know what that's said, and then yeah. <laughs> Spoilers, folks. It's shit. It's um, great. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't expect much from it, but it was so awful. It just it, it's beyond awful. Was Baywatch. I have, yeah, I haven't seen that. I so like, want to see that because I love The Rock and I fucking love Zac Efron, so yeah. I've got like, no interest. It's gay for Efron. No matter how low your expectations are for that Did you film, just say Zac Efron? You're, you're gay for Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said Zac Efron. Is it that bad though, Richard? Should I avoid <laughs> it? Yeah. It's possible, I did. Zac Efron. The Rock can do many things in life, The Rock cannot do improv comedy. Right. All right. Oh. Is, it, is it mostly kind of improv, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and like things like, like Transformers the last night, I thought were awful. But oh I fuck kept, yeah! Like, they at least had spectacle to some degree. Same with like um, the Superman um, Justice League was pretty awful, but at least it had spectacle to it. Same with Star Wars; it was kind of average, but at least it had spectacle. Mister Lear, do you know not what you speak of? I think you know what you got. Take that uh, back. But before we wrap up, Colin, any honourable mentions from yourself or films you want to talk, say that people should see but haven't seen um, on the list? Should but haven't um, not not on the list. Fuck. Um, Girl with all the gifts. Good movie. Yeah, um, yeah. was was yeah. one that yeah. I, I really yeah. sadly dropped off my list. I was, yeah, I was fucking really lit in. Uh, Is that in twenty sixteen, not twenty seventeen? No, I think it was out in January. It was out in twenty sixteen, dude. Um, if you look in Wikipedia, sort of think Wikipedia will see you wrong. Um, also, Planet of the Apes as well. 
Plant yeah, that was good. That was I really good. I loved it, and it fucking hurt to take that off my list, yeah. but it, it didn't quite make yeah. it. But I still stand by it's one of the best trilogies of films. And well, for yeah. sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah so it's I, a solid, solid trilogy. Yeah, that, and I was, I was sad that I didn't make my list, but I've got to kind of uh, do it. So, Stu, yeah. what about yourself? Any honourable mentions? Yeah, um, yeah, a ghost story, which is really original. Um, yeah, totally divisive. I get why people will hate it, but I, I liked it. I but, like I mean, we left the cinema speaking about that for in length for about half an hour. And if a film, if a film does actually, then yeah, you know, it's done something right for sure. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so, mate. And the same with Mother. And I, I'm a mm. big Aronofsky fan. Yeah, you know, it was a horrible misstep. But I loved his earlier work, so it was good for me to see him kind of, um, Find, kind of finding his stride again. Yeah, finding find himself again. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I, I don't know, man. Um, Train spot, and I was glad that uh, Barry mentioned that because I enjoyed it despite a lot of uh, disparity. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Was an interesting film. On yes. Netflix. I've yeah. not seen this one. What's I've got this? that my Netflix watch list, but I've not got round to good. it. Yet. Okay. Really yeah. good, mate. Really good. Really interesting. It's a really angry film. Like, just she's a very angry person, but you yeah. completely understand her anger. Why um, she's angry? And, and I won't uh, obviously three uh, three beers in a movie don't endorse this, but I did acquire a film that shouldn't be available now. I watched Good Time last night, um, and uh, Robert Pattinson is off the charts good. Really I like good. I like Carpa. I'm I'm a man case you both of them. I like. Not in Twilight, Sean. I've never seen that, but it's, it's kind of it's their own people. Pair them yeah. deserve a break. I think they get a lot of shit for previous movies, and they have fucking proved themselves time and time again. And people just won't cut yeah. the slack. Yeah, yeah they don't. Yeah. They don't hear to what we expect. But good time. Really recommend it. Watch it next year. <laughs> when, it's <laughs> when it's legal, kids. When it's legal. <laughs> can I do a wee? Can I do a wee honourable mention? Yeah. It was one that actually Richard suggested. What was that one? The Netflix one, Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Really yes. surprisingly enjoyable wee movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good shout from Mr. Laird. Um, wasn't yeah. on the radar at all. Richard mentioned it. We watched it and we were like, fuck yeah, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Okja as well. Did we all watch oh, Okja? Beautiful movie, beautiful. Oh, man. Okja's yeah. good. It's on Netflix, you. Um, uh, okay. And cool. really, really, really good film. I think it got a small cinema release, Richard, didn't it? It did in London, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did it? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's covers the, the honourable mentions. And uh, um, can I throw in a couple as well? Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Um, on the Twilight Kids, moving on. Personal Shopper, <coughs> starring um, Kristen Stewart. I thought was Stewart. Great. I heard that's great. Yeah. Really good. Really interesting. Really sort of again quite divisive, but I really liked it. Um, also, um, Lady Macbeth, which I thought was one of the best films this year I saw, but just didn't much of a release unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, heard good things too. Yeah, Hidden Figures as well. I thought it was excellent. Oh, Hidden Figures was amazing. Oh, yeah. That was great. That but was a good movie, actually. Kevin yeah. Costner. I don't even. Well, I don't even know Hidden Figures. What's Hidden Figures? That's the uh, Kevin Costner one. It's all about the the girls who who solve the NASA problems. Yeah, okay. they're mathematicians from this but because they're black, there's a whole segregation as well, and um, it's about kind of trying to break down the segregation between blacks and whites in order to kind of win the space race and stuff like that. But it's um, Costner on what? just like full Kevin Costner mode. Do you know what I mean? He's just so. Oh, Costner. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good show, Richard. Really good yeah. show. Yeah. Um, also, the first film I saw this year, actually, and it's not about. Well, yeah, first one I saw in 2017, I know mean, it's not on my list, uh, was A Monster Calls. Oh, Jesus, why haven't mm-hmm. I got that film in my mm-hmm. 
Don't I know. Don't believe it's that long. I, I genuinely thought that was 2016. That's an amazing yeah. movie. Yeah. That, that film would probably be top six for me. Like, I, I've completely forgotten that that Same, same, same. Yeah, uh, that, that was it. That was a good let's have a Let's have an 11. We're putting that as number 11. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's... Equal that amazing broke me. It broke me, that film. No one mentioned as well Wonder Woman I thought was fantastic no. Me um, and Andy mentioned that so it Nearly made my yeah. list right, so that I, I had to actually deliberate between that and Lego Batman yeah. right, okay. Do you think we'll look um, back and Wonder Woman's going to be like the standout DC film do you think that's how it's going to play in fact 10 years time it's going to be like Wonder Woman easily that was it's it. so, so much better than everything else it's so opinion. yeah I mean it, it knocks I think the other one that's got a shot at top on it is maybe the, the Flash solo movie possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. but then um, Ezra Miller was he that good in Justice League or no he wasn't what, did he not no, have enough to do oh. or yeah not for me um, also final two I mentioned just I think they're very good people know not enough people saw them was Patty Cakes I thought it was brilliant. That was like, Richard, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> Dude, I almost believed you when you told me it was good. And then I went to see it and I was so sad. You and bastard. I really don't like it, Carl. No, it's fucking dreadful. Patty Cakes. A, a really tough watch, but a good watch is a film called L by Paul Verhoeven. Okay, yeah. Which is a woman who gets raped in her house and it's like sort of her dealing with that and trying to move on in life and trying to find out who did it because the police won't listen to her. Right. Yeah, it sounds like fucking Verhoeven's really fucking on form, doesn't it, with that one? Jesus. No, it's, yeah, it's a really tough watch. But it's a really that sounds good. good. Yeah. Uh, does, what was it called, sorry? L. 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 So I think it might be on Netflix now. It might it's on, on Netflix, Netflix, yeah. Yeah, it's on there yeah. now. No, uh, no. That one. That sounds really interesting. Oh, the, time, right? um, the time, sir, is 9.46, sponsored by fucking... No, the, the, oh, the recording time, sorry. Oh, Okja. Okja. Two hours and 17 minutes. Oh, yeah. I liked Okja. It was good. Yeah. A long cut down. Um, Okja so, was really good, yeah. Okja very good. But Wait. next week, we have on Colsey, back to normal, we have Molly's Game Out. Which I've not seen yet, but Colin has seen The Greatest Showman. Woohoo! I'm going to go see that tomorrow, so we yep. out as well um, I am going to see on Tuesday the billboards out three billboards outside of Ebbing Missouri which I am so looking forward to and I suspect if that was released earlier that would probably be in the top three um, that could be my you already know that's going to be film of the year though possibly, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean going with the trails and stuff for that it, it does look in the reviews so far the previous it's, it's going been... to be between that Molly's game and I don't know throw something else at me guys it's good. It's going to be right up there yeah, Ladybird Definitely. No. It's going to be spectacular anyway. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. What else is out, Richard? Uh, that's really great. Showman's out. Um, that'll be discussed next week. And that's about it. It's quite, quite a quiet first week of January. It'll be getting busier as the weeks go on. As all the, Do you um, know who's in the greatest showman? Zach Gaiman. Yeah. That's it. Zach Gaifron. Stu, I can't believe you've done that, you fucker. Man. Imagine taking Zach away from me and doing that to him. You fuck. <laughs> I know you'd like to take him away and do it to him. Efron's a god, too, really. He's, he's beautiful. He's fucking amazing. I could watch him in anything. Um, yeah, so on to the shameless advertising part. Yeah, um, So tonight, um, you've been listening to Free Beers in the Movie. You can find us on freebeersinthemovie at gmail.com. Um, on Instagram as Free Beers in the Movie. Facebook um, as Free Beers in the Movie. And 
and on Twitter at Free Beers in a Movie as well. Still waiting for that <coughs> one email. Um, we're we're, we're kind of getting we're getting a lot of kind of likes, and you know we're starting to get kind of more and more involvement and stuff like that. But it'd be nice to get any kind of feedback you've got, what you like, what you don't like, what we could improve, any features you want us to do, stuff like that. So feel free to get in touch um, and look us up anytime you want. Um, but I've been Colin. You've been. A dick. Andy, <laughs> you two have been... Stu. Stu, and you have been... I've been Richard. And thanks for listening to... Three beers in a movie.